as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. I got an exclusive guest, Ryan T. Richardson of Go Tell Someone Podcast Network and of the recent podcast, 20 Years of 24. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm again, I only watched two episodes of 24 this morning, so uh, <laughs> you are pumped. <laughs> I'm a little behind. Every, every morning, a little bit of breakfast uh, and uh, an episode of 24, at least, at least one or two to start the day. So. Uh, just, we've I'm only a little seen it. Who knows how many times we got to watch it like five dozen more times. <laughs> I'm a little obsessed. I'm not going to lie. That will with... definitely come out as we talk for sure. Oh, Dolly. I'm even friends with John Gormley, who's been uploading a lot of video clips. He's like a huge fit, outspoken fan of whose lines anyway in 24. And he just, every once in a while, he'll just find a clip. And he's like, this is five minutes. I think I can sum it up and allow it to be uploaded by, you know, without Fox complaining so i'm gonna upload it and i'm like thank you you saved me some time <laughs> well it's it's pretty crazy the idea of even doing a podcast about 24 um just yeah. because there's there's nine seasons uh you know plus legacy plus uh you know how many thousands of people that have actually been on the show many of whom i always compare it to seinfeld like you know how we, we just binge seinfeld just finished it the other night uh, and I hadn't watched, I had, ne- had never binged it, it ever. So my wife and I did that and just watched all the way through. And every episode, you're like, oh my gosh, I recognize that person from this. Terry Hatcher. What you, like, there's so many people on Seinfeld that are now bigger stars. 24 is exactly the same way. When Absolutely. you watch 24, you're talking Rami Malik. What? <laughs> yeah, Rami, Rami Malik. Yeah, Katie Sackhoff, you know, Mandalorian, like uh christian metopolis who played mo on the three stooges like and he and he just did two huge films with the rock and uh chris uh, Kevin yeah, Hart. he was in netflix's true story miniseries oh, he was my... very menacing i was like what <laughs> that's, that's chris yeah. from the I've, office and everything oh my god <laughs> he, 
yeah, yeah. It's, when you're watching, yeah, from the office, yeah, that guy is the cameraman operator in the final season. Everyone forgets. <laughs> yeah, because you can you can slap me at any point, but like we we talked to Chris on the show, Chris Diamantopoulos. I I can never mess up his name ever again. But he he's the nicest. <laughs> he is he is the, he's not only Canadian. He's the nicest guy in the world. And when we watched him on True Stories, it was like, oh my gosh, that that guy scares me right now. Like he was he was uh, that was his that was the that was a villain. That's how freaky he is just on screen. But yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Uh, all, I think the, this show is just going to be a fun takedown because, I mean, we're, we're, not, we're not doing a simple just, you know, episode by episode basis because how could we? Right. <laughs> Someone's going to get lost along the way, especially when it's numbered that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, doing the whole season to me is, is a lot better because I mean, even though so much happens uh, every single hour, uh, it's it you can kind of kind of I, I did a refresher to kind of see the arc of season five and season six, which I think we're talking about today, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Season five and season six, mm-hmm. and it, it starts off with crazy. You know, season five starts off with arguably the most insane opening the show had ever had to that point, and maybe the most insane since. Sweet, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And uh, then and then season six starts with a with a death that none of it I couldn't see coming. I, you know, there's no Absolutely. way I could have anticipated, the, you know, there's many deaths, but uh, there's one that I still, when I watch it, I'm still shocked. Still shocked. It's crazy as long as I get out. And I, I don't think any show can begin a season that way anymore. Even the edgier ones that are still on it. I mean, yeah. Uh, you don't know if it's certain guidelines or if they're afraid that they'll lose someone in the process that you don't right. know. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I listened to the season one, season two uh, conversation you had, which was amazing. Everybody needs to go find it. And, uh, <laughs> and I, the, 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 refer- the uh, reverence you had for person of interest, I thought was really good because that was one show that I thought the pilot itself sold me on the show. Like as soon as that yeah. came out of the gate, the first 15, 20 minutes, boom, like you're in, you're absolutely in. And I, and I, and I, you know, in a, in a, a landmark, uh, landmine of TV shows where there's a new show that starts every day that stars somebody that you probably want to see, you really got to pick and choose where you're going to spend your time. Totally. And by, by the time it gets to something like even when they're doing a reunion or f- conclusion movie yeah. like with Ray Donovan, it's like, okay, now I really got to ace it. Now I got to <laughs> catch up. Side of time and binge a season in one yeah. day. Yeah. I mean, Ozark, Ozark starts in about a week and a half, and I got to go back and rewatch the whole That's series. That's the other thing, too. Uh, I, I did that with The Expanse as well, where I'm just like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. guys, if we're going to do this. You have better not be hammered. You have better be ready, and you have better, you know, we got to do five. Can't do <laughs> two. Can't do three. You will forget it. If yep. it goes the next week, guess what? I yep. got to even remember it. And I am i don't have time to rewatch an episode just to get to the other episode. That's very right. frustrating. That's like yeah, yeah. rewatching the part of the movie you've already seen. That's just, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I got to say, like, my, my, the 20 Years of 24 podcast started uh, last spring. <laughs> and it was this idea that I had that the 20 years was coming up. And I, I, my dad taught me to, to remember birthdays and anniversaries. And so I'm Sweet. the kind of goofball that posts on Facebook, hey, it's been 20 years since Die Hard came out. And then everybody's mad at me because I reminded them how old they are. But I think those, <laughs> dates, I think those dates need to be remembered. I think, I think in many ways, Hollywood... Um, it's so hard to get the birthdays down, right? Because like IMDb yeah. won't even list them right away. You pretty much got to go to like famousbirthdays.com or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. Make your own meme and yeah. collage. 
because like you say yeah is like you you got it you can do it but it, it's kind of like any post where it's like it was planned in advance <laughs> right yeah yeah well i mean i mean the original my original plan this is uh, let me give you a little bit of history sorry i'm, I'm I'm jumping no, it's into fine. this, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I, again, I'm Canadian, so I'm going to say sorry a lot, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I found, I found my email uh, this morning uh, because I, uh, I, I tend to keep stuff uh, surprise, surprise, uh, but I found an email that I wrote. I f- somehow I found John Kassar. And again, the, the respect you guys had for John Kassar on the podcast I listened to was great because we're on the same page, but I found John Kassar's email somehow. Right. I don't even know how in 2010. And I wrote him a, an email that basically just said, look, why, is there, why isn't there a 24 convention? I said, right. there's conventions of this, there's conventions of that. I said, and I said, I want to do a physical, like I live in Windsor, which is right on the border of Detroit, so we're a border city. Oh, I sweet. said, I had this idea. I had talked to a venue and I had said, let's do a 24 convention. Let's bring in like two or three guests. Uh, you know, like if we can get Kiefer, great. Part of the draw too was I can get Canadian actors to come down from Toronto that, are, that were involved in the show. So I, 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 I put that up to him. He had, he had no idea who I was, right? I sent him an email and he sent me back within 24 hours. He sent me an e- email that said only this. And I read it this morning. It said, I'm interested. Nice. <laughs> and I, so we had a conversation going back and forth on how this could work in 2010. And the only thing, the, the best piece of advice that he gave me was your biggest challenge is going to be scheduling. He said, because they're working actors, they're working crew, and if they get a gig, you're going to have to take the gig. So you're going to have, you know, the possibility of cancellations, the possibility of changing, you know, your whole schedule and, and, you know, changing your advertising is a reality because you're going to have a hard time getting people to commit to a particular day. Even for a Zoom, that's just, yeah, yeah. it's going to be hard. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I comes said, in, the agent says, screw it. I'm not investing in you for this project. You yeah, suck. <laughs> totally, totally. So it was, the, it was honestly the best piece of advice you could have given me. He didn't know me from anybody, but it was the best place advice you could have given me because I said, all right, I got to rethink this. And I put it on the shelf. And then as we were getting closer to 2021, I said, oh my gosh, like a two, like a, in 2019, I bought the domain 20 years, 24.com. And then I started, you know, kind of gearing up to do a physical convention. So this was fall of 2019. I was very optimistic. I'm on that with- same boat with you where it's like, <laughs> you know, if you want to do it, if it's been six months and then like you yeah. say, then Basically, the remainder of the year is plan, 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 you know, yes. assessing, you know, editing, and then, you know, telling everyone, hey, stop being annoyed that I'm gone for so long. You know, you'll understand right. later. <laughs> you'll understand when it all comes together. I need you to trust me. <laughs> I need you to trust me. <laughs> either, either fire me or get out of my chair. That's basically oh, what I'm I love that line. <laughs> get out of my chair. Get out of my chair. <laughs> so, so I did this whole thing and, and had, was starting to gear stuff up. So this is like September, 2019. I, again, I talked to venues, I talked to different things. I was starting to talk to booking agents and then March hits and then everything's no, you can't do an actual physical convention, which, you know, in retrospect worked out better for us it totally in many did. ways. Yeah. Because the likelihood we could get 44 cast and crew members together physically it was never going to happen but Isn't when it's it on... wild you know, so many jobs even started taking shortcuts that should have always been in place to begin with like exactly yeah i do security and we had to do both uh like a digital and a physical report and then they switched okay. to yep. just digital i'm like yep. why was it all why, why wasn't it always just a digital 
or or uh, wiping down things or like cleaning, yeah cleaning movie theaters why I wasn't never, cleaning you know, your hands already a thing people <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the most bizarre thing to go back into a movie theater and it was clean i'm like what 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 is this place i've been here before but it never no looked butter like and popcorn everywhere okay great yeah i mean <laughs> some of those things that are in place now i think need to stay. i just did a survey for a theater uh, should we always wipe down the theater? Yes, you always should wipe down the theater forever. Like, 100%. Don't stop. So, yeah. So, I mean, Don Kassar steered me right. And uh, and so when it came time to do this thing again, uh, I started just, uh, I reached out to the first person that said yes to to be on the podcast was Leslie Hope, uh, who was Terry Bauer on the show. Yeah. And she's and, become a director, too. It's Oh, she's, yeah. I was, I, she's directed SVU. She's directed... Uh, Lost in Space. She's done. She did a lot of the episodes for Lost in Space, and she's the the new uh, Star Trek. She's been yes, doing for the last year. I'm yeah. sure she'll be on Picard soon. And yeah, it's yeah. it's amazing how much how much she's been how much she's been doing. So we talked about 24, and then we talked about everything she was she had going on, and uh, and that that's when it started to take off. Like people said, "Oh, you've talked to Leslie. Oh, well, I'll talk to you." And it and it the credibility just. It is wild. That's all it takes is just you talk to my friend. Well, yeah. they vet, they vet everything. You know, they wouldn't just talk to just anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's it's called implied credibility, mm-hmm. right? Oh, you must be worth talking to because you've talked to Leslie Hope. And then I had <laughs> I actually had a guy from from uh, Toronto area that got involved. He's a fan, and he uh, he said, "Hey, let me see if I can help you get guests." And I said, "Sure, but any any help? Uh, it's it's six degrees, right?" And he says, well, I know Howard Gordon. And I, his name's Justin. And I said, he goes, I know Howard Gordon. I'm like, yeah, sure, sure you do. And he said, no, let me see if I can get Howard. I'm like, yeah, sure. We're going to get Howard Gordon on a little podcast. <laughs> that's had two guests so far. And, uh, and within two days, he's like, yeah, Howard, Howard's going to talk to us next Tuesday. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding? And fortunately, I had like four or five days. <laughs> fortunately, I had four or five days to get ready because I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to talk to Howard Gordon in the X-Files and every other show he's of Awake. I, mean, I don't know if you ever saw Awake. I, oh. I, it's a, I was another one killed before its time. And I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm sure everyone was familiar with uh, Gordon as showrunner of the show's uh, work on Beauty and the Beast. And, yes. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, a bunch of other just short-lived just federal agent and mystery shows and it's kind of wild how by this point here in season five and six like mm-hmm. everyone's just getting even more and more crafty and yeah uh, uh but yeah i mean uh <laughs> so yeah like a better word it's uh, all these guys being on so many different shows is what makes them so good yes yeah. they, they know what everyone's expecting for every kind of audience and here you know i know sorry hates it being called an action show but i mean it's both an action and a drama and a mystery oh, it's, so, yeah it's it's a combined you can't you can't separate one from the other if well, you like, take away if you take away the action it's not really 24 and if you take away the drama it's not 24 absolutely yeah and most, and most some, shows exist on, on both on either side of that oh yeah I, I even saw one of those like behind enemy lines movies that was also by fox and i was oh, like yeah, yeah. These political scenes feel like an episode of 24 I think if you yeah. cut out all this annoying, uninteresting war stuff, you'd have a pretty compelling political thriller. Just, just the political stuff. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, it's 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 uh, and again, the show itself got respect from all sides, which isn't you know isn't the norm. It's uh, all so sides abnormal. And yeah. I just I think we even talked about it with the shield, where it's just like just 
everyone was ready to take a chance on anything before yep. they gave cliff notes uh or just network notes uh you know years later and yeah it, it helped that when it finally got canceled it was just because of money at that point and at that point everyone also was kind of just ready to move on to other stuff so right it is kind of interesting how kind of like sister show prison break how it just kind of just got to that point where it was just like okay we we've said everything we need to say and <laughs> I, I gotta tell you you're the first person i've ever talked to that's that referred to prison break as a, as a sister show i've seen a few fans who kind of secretly wanted a crossover because they're kind of on around the oh, same time yeah but yeah yeah uh, well i i because i fully agree with you and when people say refer to me and i was responsible for getting i can name six households that i got hooked on 24 just by giving them my box set uh so much so much so that i that i went to i go to pawn shops and i buy extra sets because i don't want to give my master set away um but right you never know if the world goes to hell you'll need that (laughs) if netflix shuts down for some reason or or uh, disney plus takes it down for the billionth time and yeah yeah um (laughs) But but the funny thing was is that uh, when people said, "Well, recommend me something else after 24 was done," like I was their dealer, uh, I, said, <laughs> I automatically said Prison Break. Oh, sweet! Because uh, Prison Break, the the, show, the the word that keeps coming up when we talk to guests from the show 24 is pulse. They said this show has a pulse like no other, right? Because if, if you watch FBI, for example, which I love, it yes. slows down. It slows right down. Then it picks back up. Then they go to dinner, and then they do this. Yeah, you're going to have two filler episodes, and you're going to have five intense hard hostage episodes, and then, but both the premiere and the finale are, can't miss, and like you say, any other show doesn't do that, and 24 is like, every moment matters, the minute you lose them, you've lost them for the entire season. Yeah, yeah, I fortunately didn't get into prison break until I think season four was start was airing. Oh, or same. Season- I did it a few years back. I was like, I'd seen parts of it when it was on. It yeah, was just, yeah. I could never. It wasn't that I didn't want to. It's just right. It it had more mixed bag of reviews from both audiences and like critics. Right. So I wasn't sure if I wanted to invest the time and just yeah. everybody. It seemed it seemed like every show would start good and then start going downhill after a while. I like it all, but I just I, I understood where everyone was coming from. And sure, yeah. I mean, there was a strike in there too, right? A writer strike, and yeah. here we're going to be diving into the writer strike for how it affected twenty four and yeah. seven. But it's Absolutely. so funny how, yeah. I mean that that show it was always on it either after twenty four or something like House, and it was just like yeah, I can't I watch that, it all. I I got to yeah. do. I, I got my homework. I got to go to bed soon. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I threw all that stuff out the window for twenty four in prison break. Where I was like, yeah. it's four. It's four in the morning. I have to go to a meeting in three hours. I I can do one more. Uh, <laughs> what's what's the point of going to sleep now? Might as well just keep watching it. And I Absolutely. and I would do that. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I, I'll. It's a worthwhile headache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I'll take the hit. I mean, if Jack Bauer can do it, I can do it. Yeah, if he can do two hours, and that includes every time he's knocked out, then yeah, I, I, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, so we are going to get into season five. <laughs> oh, season five. It's a doozy, to quote my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't used the word doozy uh, since the, uh, the, the late 50s. but uh, That's essentially it. it is... It's a humdinger, I don't know. Umlinger and that and new thing, yeah. And yeah. is set eighteen months after season four and begins yep. at seven a.m. Jack Bauer has faked his death, and only his closest friends, who have just been murdered, 
uh, knew about it. Only Chloe has been left alive, and Bauer has been framed by terrorists with connections to the American government. Uh, a Russian sleeper cell has acquired nerve gas and posed a new threat. Jack continually is on the run with some inside and outside help and discovers an insidious conspiracy. And you know the rest from there. Can he stop it? Well, yes or no. <laughs> I, I, I'm dying to know. I got to know how does he, does he survive? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, season four ended with the railroad tracks, with that image of Jack on the railroad tracks just kind of trying to find his own way. Oh, and, here I go and, again on my own. And, and disappeared. Exactly, exactly. He needed, <laughs> he, needed, he needed some, like, Bon Jovi, you know, lo, uh, uh, Young Guns music. missed out on some licensed music. There's so many electronic, like, songs that were, like, in every post-Matrix movie, like Switchback yes. by yeah. Cell Dweller that I thought would have been perfect in one of those trailers. And no, the most they got was, like, something like just a few rap and, like, Nickelback. I'm like, come on, you guys can do better in those promos. <laughs> All right, Cameron, seriously, how do we not know each other? You just quoted Cell Dweller. Oh my man, gosh. A great band. I, oh, I, I used to work with them. I no. Loose, loose, very loosely, very loosely. Played it, I, everybody? I, oh my I, brought, I brought Clay over to Windsor once to do an artist workshop for me, but oh, oh, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, but I've known him since. He's a sweetheart, man, isn't he? He's a great guy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Look, I even wanted to just... ask him, can I use this in a promo? And he's like, yes. And the minute you got money, uh, you know, Venmo me, I'm like, perfect. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that is honestly, you're the first person that's ever referenced Prison Break as, as an equivalent to, or close to 24, and Cell Dweller, who is just the greatest guy. In the Everyone world. like heard the song, but they didn't know who it was by. I'm like, yep. uh, these guys are still kicking. They are still out there. <laughs> hey, when I, when I heard one of his songs in How I Met Your Mother, I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, you're right. Amazing yeah pretty amazing yeah. oh and 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 clay is just the yeah i knew him when he had a real name so <laughs> <laughs> scott albert oh i just outed him but oh there you go but, i mean that's that's common knowledge but uh and yeah the next special but, we'll but, be doing but, but thank you for the cell dweller uh drop that was pretty amazing thank you yeah i'll i might even have to play a sample just to let everyone know what we're <laughs> <laughs> you've heard him before you just didn't know it Oh man! Everybody out there has heard him at least once in their lifetime. Oh, uh, they totally have. <laughs> Whether they want to or not, it's pretty awesome stuff. Exactly. So, marketing department-wise, yeah, I mean, yeah, this whole season, were you ever able to actually breathe? <laughs> well, this is was this. I'm trying to remember if this was the first time they did the two-night extravaganza. That's I think a good it, question. I think it was. I it think it been. was. I think by that point, they were tired of just doing like an hour of commercial free and they're just like, okay, so yeah. we're going to do what we do the rest of the time where the premieres and some of the in-between episodes, we're going to do back to back. And you, you watched from season one. I watched from, I watched from the summer before season two started. So I wasn't. I, I actually uh, started in season seven and then went back to season Oh, one. did you? Okay. I okay. had seen part of it on Hulu and yep. people find this laughable. I couldn't get into it. But then again, I was in a terrible place and everything, so right, yeah, right. I, I, I still went back. You got to be, you got to be in the right mode. Well, and I saw why it was awesome, and I was like, I got to make more time for this. And good luck getting into it when <laughs> yeah. every other blockbuster doesn't even have have any of the discs half returned. So it's like, well, I'm not right. going to watch episode four and seven for seven if I can't yep. even see eight through nine. You know. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I watched, this is how I, I went to, I went to like the, it was Roger's video. It was Blockbuster's Canadian uh, competition. Family and, and yeah. Uh, home video store. 
So I went in there and I rented the first two discs because they were only renting like one disc at a time, maybe two discs at a time. Oh man, that's hard. Oh yeah. So I, I took it home. And I'm like, cause what had happened was I tried to watch it in the middle of season one and it was the amnesia episode. And I was like, okay, I already, I already don't know what's going on. <laughs> this is, this isn't a show like law and order where I can just drop in and I can understand no, what's going on. It's not entertaining. If it, you yeah. So as soon as the DVDs came out, I went and rented the first two because I'm like, okay, I got time. I'm just going to sit in my apartment and just watch this thing and see how it goes. And uh, I literally watched two episodes. I ran it back to the store. I drove to Walmart to buy the whole set, which was full, <laughs> which was full price. Probably at the time it was probably like 80 bucks. Oh, it had to be something ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that market was inflated back then. Yeah. And I'm super cheap. But I, I literally was like, I got 80 bucks. I can, I can, I have to own this. Like I'm already, I'm like three or four episodes in and I already need to own this. This isn't just something I'm going to watch once. I knew that early on. Oh, totally. Um, and with the special features and all, and then yeah. being one of the first to embrace that along with the, like the Sopranos is like, yeah, you're going to buy it and then you're going to rewatch it. And then. Because because you're going to miss something the first time you watch it. You're going to miss something. the second time. I, I watch it now on Disney plus in Canada. And there's still stuff that I go, oh, it's I on Disney did. Plus. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. So that's how. Yeah, because because Fox of the Fox ownership, right? Right. Uh, so yeah, it's still here on Hulu in the states. No, that's cool. That. Okay. Yeah. The more but you know. I, <laughs> but I, I probably I, I I'm scared to see how many times I've actually watched the whole series through. <laughs> I it, it, it yeah it, it it's no I'm not embarrassed. I mean it's probably it's probably twenty maybe twenty times all the way through. I probably watched it once a year for the last twenty, 20 years. jokes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I, when it gets to 2024, well, where will we be? But I'll still watch an episode, and it comes up in in uh, with the Christopher Henderson storyline that when Jack stops and he looks at the camera, he's like, "How could I be so stupid?" After Christopher Henderson locked him in the room, do you remember yeah. that scene? Uh, he totally. literally, it's so, the only, it's the only aside, the only time he breaks the fourth wall a little bit, and he's like, "How could I have been so stupid?" <laughs> that like, was great. Yeah, and I never noticed like that before. They even used stock footage of that explosion, like in season six, somewhere randomly. Yeah. And like, and I'm yeah. like, whoa, why'd you reuse yeah. the explosion? Okay. But I'd never, I'd never noticed that before. And I've seen it so many times. There's so much but stuff we notice in every single episode or every single, yeah, every single episode, there's, some, there's somebody I recognize that I'm like, oh, I didn't know they were in 24. Oh, gee. Totally. Which is awesome. But season, so, but season five, I mean, my gosh, it opens with assassinations. Yeah, three different characters who we've come to love. We've been so through the mountain. There's even times where it's like, I can't even watch this part of the episode. It's just so yeah, yeah. brutal. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and Jack uh, gets turns himself into CTU and then escapes again. And because there's no way he's going to be turned over to the Secret Service again when they yeah. wanted him dead in the first place. Yeah. And uh it's just interesting how you start off, you know, it's like, this is where it just reminds you, this is a diehard type show, you know, it's like, you, there's an airport takeover, they're at the terminal and all, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you get an idea that, again, the President Logan is just a patsy, he's just not good right. at handling any situation that involves actually being a president, and he's just like, oh no, you won't let anyone die, will you? I'm like, uh, <laughs> you're not good at negotiating, are you? <laughs> you, get, you get the sense of that, too the day he's sworn in as president, right? Because totally. you, you, again, you watch it again and you go, he, the look on his face is like, oh, oh my shit. goodness. I, I didn't want, yeah, I didn't want this. Oh, shit. That's like, what power does to you, man. Yeah. 
And that carries through to season five because that's the president he is. He's a president that really didn't want the job and really doesn't know what he's doing, but he's, he's going to do it anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> he has Walt Cummings and his Walt Cummings telling him what to do, thinking that he's, you know, he's, he's controlling Walt Cummings and not the case. No, uh, it's a total Dick Cheney, George Bush pet. <laughs> exactly. And it's exactly. just so wild how, Walt, we, we just figured he was just, you know, a random staffer. And then those last two episodes, we were like, oh, this yeah. shit-eating prick. <laughs> what is he doing? And uh, so Wayne Palmer comes back to the front. He wants to find out who's responsible for the death in his family. Right. I'm trying to be a little less spoilery as much as I can. But Oh, yeah. well, I mean, it's been 20 years. I mean, I know. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers. If we're spoiling 24 for you now, uh, yeah, I yeah, this I, makes you want to see it even better, but yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's just so wild. I mean, any other show that would have been, I noticed a lot of people would often just tune out because if someone dies, they don't want to watch it anymore, even though right, it's right. an ensemble. And this yeah. is just one of those, anyone who dies, that just makes it all the more cooler. It's like a rare exception to the rule. And this is like Tony's wounded in the car explosion and Chloe's trying to avoid being killed by an assassin on foot. Right, right. Her boyfriend is a mole. So we're, we're not totally, we're not going to try to be spoiler free, are we? Well, uh, I, as I, much as possible. Well, well I'll, I'll at least uh, prevent uh, from saying how it totally ends. So okay, knows. all right, okay, all right, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll, that's, I'll that, that's good to know. <laughs> no, it's no. And, and And it, actually, Tony's dead, right? As far as we know. As far as we know. As far as we know. And certainly after that, after those first four episodes, we know it. Brutal stabbing. And yeah. It, it's so, just so wild how. Uh, the first suspect on his list is Christopher Henderson, who yeah. played by a comeback role by Peter Weller, you know, from RoboCop and the RoboCop connection, plenty of other sci-fi movies. And he'd already been on Star Trek Enterprise during the Manny Cotto era. And I have no, no doubt that Manny Cotto remembered him from this. And obviously he was the lead on his sci-fi show, Odyssey right. 5. And so he just said, Hey, you know, come on over to my show here at 24 now that I'm one of the writers and I, I can make it happen. Yeah, totally. Is he one of your favorite supporting villains or just kind of... Yes. Oh, Christopher <laughs> Henderson? Christopher yeah, Henderson totally. is absolutely... He's definitely up there with um, uh, oh Kingsley, with Peter Kingsley. Ooh, yes. Uh, Kingsley is definitely an underrated villain. Everyone likes to yeah. go with like just the very blatant ones. Like, Don't get me wrong, there's some great ones in these seasons, but this yeah. is like... Yeah, I, I, I gotta say definitely a lot of the season four guys and then uh saunders and free and then yeah mm -hmm. definitely the dream but see, but see henderson place. henderson henderson did what saunders couldn't do I, when jack when jack shoots mrs henderson, henderson. so wild how is it's like <laughs> everything you think uh uh just all these other guys would do henderson right. will do because he right. really is relentless and it it's so amazing to me how people even argue later on when he kills this one gal who's like an aide to the first lady who's become involved in the conspiracy and right back is trying to save yeah. uh, people were like oh there's no way they got killed off the off screen i'm like then why would it have <laughs> yeah. cut to black yeah. and they're like i don't believe he would do that i'm like he was fine with jack shooting and wounding his wife in the leg I, <laughs> he, he has he no sympathy blink. he didn't blink no and you saw the gun raise you, if you need a silence pistol to know is, and it drove me crazy. I even told the 24 Wicca 
to correct yeah. that and they refuse they're like it's not on screen and like and only mentioned off screen by the creators i'm like the actress confirmed the death the director john Cassara right. confirmed the death what yeah. else do you need it wouldn't make <laughs> sense otherwise for them to him to let them go when they know too much so, yeah people are idiots but <laughs> yeah uh yeah, I mean, just to start off that way, we're just, yeah, Jack is just letting his guard down. He's like, yeah, Chris, he took a bribe, and I was the one who reported him. He wouldn't have anything against me. He knew I, he'd do the same thing in my position. And he's like, yeah. no, he's just as ruthless as Nina Myers. It's just, yeah. he well, Jack, was basically your boss. He was above George and Nina off screen. It's like, yeah. Well, Jack's, Jack's weakness, in my theory, so Jack's only weakness is either people that he loved or people that he trusted. And Henderson probably falls into both those categories. because uh, Totally. And yeah. he's so flustered in everything. He's already had a brief romance with the family he was staying with under mm -hmm. a construction worker cover. And so oh, yeah. now he's with back in the fold with Audrey and she's like, and he's like, this is awkward. I got kind of a love triangle going here. <laughs> do you remember, do you remember the show Laverne and Shirley? Does that sound familiar at all? Laverne and Shirley. It was it was like the age of happy days. I'm old, so it was like happy days and <laughs> that was like um, a spinoff, right? Mork and Mindy, like all the all these shows. This is this is it was almost like they were like the CSI NCIS of that. Oh, totally. Everybody, was you could spin off like a you could spin off a show off of another one, but it didn't have to be named Happy Days. Blah blah blah. So anyway, mm -hmm. Mork and Mindy was one. Laverne and Shirley was another. But Jack's boss, I'm sorry, Frank Flynn, Frank Flynn's boss on the construction site is from like Laverne and Shirley. He's like one of the main characters from that show. Oh, and so I remember watching it going, dude, he was only on screen for like 30 seconds. But I was like, I know that guy. It really and was. That's, well, that's the, beauty, the beauty of casting. Like the beauty of 24's casting is that they would pull from your memory and they would pull from people that had never done much. And there were all knew... kinds of actors. And then oh. like at the third stage of their careers, there's a lot of people from like St. Elsewhere type yep. shows. And it's like, yeah, they're that giant. Uh, young guns yeah there you go and just 80s hits galore and it's just like yeah. you might not know their name but you have seen them regardless. yeah yeah i mean and i think that's what that's what kind of part of the magic was is that you know when i talked to to debbie debbie manweller who's the casting agent um she and, and her i can't remember her partner name that passed away but the two of them had such she an eye nice gal yeah they had set they had such an eye for either people that had been had done some stuff and people that had done very little and they could see the potential in somebody like Alicia Cuthbert or somebody like uh, Sarah Clark who hadn't done a whole lot either. Totally. But, they just said, Hey, you are giving off this vibe. You know, yeah. we, uh, we shouldn't have to audition anymore. You got to do this. And when I saw who, it, it was already not really all that surprising. Like in the first four seasons, how everyone pretty much auditioned for each other's roles. And eventually right. you got yep. on the show somewhere they remembered yep. it. They just didn't have time to figure out, you know, how to fill all the roles because they, you know, didn't know if the show would even take off at first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm a, I was a big fan coming in of Mr. Show, and I can't. I think I was. I think I was already into Mr. Show by the time Twenty Four started to air. Um, so you knew Mary Lynn. I knew Mary Lynn from from Mr. <laughs> show, so I was like, "This is great!" Like they 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 brought her in. Season five to me, again, this is just my opinion. You can take it or leave it. Season five to me was the the season that solidified her part in Twenty Four, because yeah. I believe that she and I asked I, I asked Kiefer and I asked I haven't talked to Mary Lynn yet, but I talked I asked Kiefer. I said, "Did you did you even anticipate that she was going to be such a big part of the show?" He's like, "No." 
I, I really didn't, he said. But he literally, again, this, this is going into the future, which we're not going to talk about, but like she is so much at the heart of 24 in so many ways. Um, you know, when I said Jack, the, the people that Jack trusts, there's nobody arguably he trusts more than, than Chloe uh, throughout the whole run. You know, Absolutely. the whole time. The, the trust grows. He thinks she's bizarre, certainly, but he literally comes out of hiding to save her life in season five. Totally. She yeah. and some of these other cast members had been on Larry Saunders and yeah, Mr. Show. Yeah. And uh, the same year she was in a similar hacker role in the movie Firewall with Harrison Ford. And that's right. I forgot about Sunshine. that. And yep. Totally. And I just, so I'm just like, by that point, her star is just exploding. She's on all the talk shows and yeah. just yeah. humorous, just bit parts. And it's just so wild how she's been on the scene for a while, but everyone just, it's just taking a while to just remember her, and I don't know how she hasn't aged in twenty years. Like she looks yeah. pretty much the same as she always has. Like now, pretty uh, wild how it works. Deal, deal with the devil. I don't know, but <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, I feel that I feel that season five solidified because he literally came out of hiding um, to protect her, even though the other people were already gone, as far as he knew. And he's yeah. like, I'll, I'll risk my whole Flint. He could have stayed as Frank Flynn. This would have been a very short season if he had just said, you know what? Look, I'm in love with Connie Britton and uh, I'm this <laughs> Frank Flynn. I mean, I didn't get work today, but I'm sure I'll get something tomorrow. I'm just going to sit this one out. That that would I would love to see almost a reshoot of him deciding to not get involved. That would be <laughs> Which, well. It's like, I'm not going to risk me or her safety. Yeah. But I'm going to yeah. come in anyway. Her, her, worth it, her, her life is worth saving. Like that's, that's what he takes um, because otherwise he could have just sat it out. And, uh, and I really like, I think that flavors the rest of the series is that Chloe is, you know, his most trusted relationship. Wild. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, what at that point it's wild how she had said in interviews, they weren't sure if they were going to be a couple. And it's like by right. that time they knew just uh, amongst each other is like, okay, we're brother and sister. <laughs> yeah yeah we're brother and sister because i mean if jack dates you you're you're you might as well sign your own death warrant <laughs> it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of a given it's a given <laughs> you know you know it might not want to be uh, jack bowers significant other <laughs> oh it's wild uh, yeah and who would have thought it would have gone that way because yeah she's uh she's getting some action in the bedroom and then yeah she gets the call and she's just like after being pursued and then uh the son of the uh gal who jack has been staying with witnesses jack you know disposing of the assassin of jack's friends yep, yep. from that point on you just know it's like okay he and stows away and you don't need to even hear anything you just see just the expression of jack saying should i you know go mm -hmm. into commando mode should i actually just eliminate him this guy here and there should actually take him to the hospital and interrogate him later. Like, right. Not worth it. So he'll get away. He'll do what he's been doing. He, he, he doesn't get a pass. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Well, I mean, and the thing is too, finding Palmer's assassin, right? Yeah. Is, is it within, is it within the first episode or this, is it the, the end of the second episode? Uh, it's, it's the first episode. He, he doesn't he gets, within, within an hour. 
within that hour, that first 10 minutes, and you're like, no, no, they wouldn't. He's looking outside the window. They, yes, they just did. Wayne is there. He's covered in gore. And he's yeah, like, yeah. I need help. Is like, no need for help. He is gone. And I got to tell you, I held up till the end of that season. I had, I was, we were hoping I was se- secretly hoping they would, yeah, yeah that, that if, when, when, when uh, everything falls apart at the end of season one or season five, that he would pop out of the casket and go, yeah, I was just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> just for yanking your chain. It's Buy some good. insurance. But yeah, Allstate. I will Allstate kept me alive. Presidential. Allstate kept me alive. Every politician should use my insurance. Now, so. <laughs> <laughs> President oh, yeah. Palmer, D- David Palmer uses Allstate insurance. Totally. And it's just so wild just seeing where Tony and Michelle were at this point. Michelle yeah. just said, screw it, I'm doing freelancing type stuff. And yeah. Tony's basically just pissed off at work and he's like, You don't have to go. Hey, I'm sorry I'm being able to of, you know. <laughs> yeah, well I think they got I think they got into interior decorating because they said they were meeting going to meet a client. So I'm thinking it was yeah, like, yeah. Doing, like a home run of it. They were doing an HGTV. Uh, it did sound like they were doing realtor type stuff, but they weren't as yeah. after the realtor. So it's like, yeah. yeah, probably, probably uh assassination. I, I, I prefer that they were, uh, you know, assassins for hire. That would have been a different way to open it up. They're yeah. selling to a client and someone comes here with a silence pistol <laughs> and burns <laughs> down their house. <laughs> exactly. And, and again, I'm, I'm going to plug, I'm going to flip my interview with, um, Carlos Bernard because he Tony tells us, he tells he tells the story of how that season went and uh his conversation he had with the with the creators that kind of changed his whole arc was he just like did his Hazebury where he's like I'm not sure I want to even come back fuck you guys or was no, he, he was, actually he was no he was dead he was on the page he was dead and he he said he pulled Howard aside and said do you really do you think it's a good idea just to just to get rid of me completely uh, <laughs> And he said, he said, wouldn't it be more interesting if I won revenge for my wife dying? And he said, he said, Howard, Howard said to him on the phone, let me get back to you on that. <laughs> he said, <laughs> Wait, so he basically talked his way out of being fired. He was, he, he Costanza's, Costanza his way out of being fired. He from totally did. He absolutely pulled a Seinfeld and just said, hey, I, you know, I'm going to be here and there and be yeah. everywhere. And I because I I just recently read the interview with the with uh, Dennis Haysbert that he was upset of how he went. Yeah, if he did it now, he would have said, "Nope, done, <laughs> figure yeah, it out." Yeah. Whereas all he had to do was make a call to Howard Gordon. Really? Yeah. He he just it helped that he was working on it with everyone, and you see those behind the scenes photos in that booklet, and he is giving everyone a giant bear hug saying, "No, yeah, no, no, no. yeah." Yeah, and Carlos Bernard said, "Look, I'm a working actor. Why I don't want to? I don't want this thing to end. At least, right. at least, at least pull the soap opera thing and keep me alive for a little bit longer. And obviously, mm-hmm. he's he's still alive in the 24 universe. So, ah, and what a shame but, that everyone else is like. But it he, took them a while to. They're still doing guest spots and like, no, they need more recurring roles too. <laughs> yeah, he and he told us. He said, I he goes Tony Almeida was was dead until I had that conversation." And I'm like, you you had a performance review and then you talked your way back in. That's pretty pretty. This is why amazing. he's an awesome director now on TV. <laughs> yes. He's persistent. He is persistent. He absolutely. He's persistent. He knows how to get it. <sighs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, that, that's a that's a that's the explosive opening of season five colors the entire season in many ways. Uh totally. And you don't expect Wayne to even come back after that. And when he right. gets involved in it, it's wild. It's and by this point. You know, you're just loving Bill, you know, and yeah, 
yep. from last season. He has total command of CTU, and yep. Curtis is getting to do more and more action when he's the B plot. But man, he's having to, you know, again, if he's not working with Jack, then he's having uh, to do all the other just, you know, get the nerve gas out of the hospital. And yeah. Curt- Curtis had a Curtis had a Jack Bauer mentality though about doing things. He, he yeah. didn't really he didn't really have to think too hard about what he was going to do next. Oh, totally. And I got annoyed when everyone had to kind of have a nickname when they were on. Like Chase was Jack Junior, and right, and, yeah. Uh, Renee was Girl Jack, and uh, Roger said he was Black Jack. I'm like, Shut yeah. Up. <laughs> He's just Curtis, the awesome motherfucker. That's who right. Holds his own, Although, just like Michelle and Tony. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's like the the people that trusted Jack were the people I liked on the show. The people that didn't say the people that didn't say, "Well, why are you doing that, Jack?" You know, um, it's a shame he wasn't on like from the very first or second season. Because yeah, and at the same time, I'm kind of glad he wasn't because I would have suspected he might have been one of the other agents who got disposed of in supporting right. like three, five to seven episodes. And at the same time, it would have been interesting seeing him when the other people were in charge, like yeah. Uh, Aaron or a George, he would have probably been like, yep, gonna go pick up Jack and get his family from Gaines and everybody. Is like, yeah, he yeah. would have totally helped him avoid half this other stuff. You just know it. <laughs> well, and season five is the season where where Curtis kind of gets into his own, and you kind of de- he develops his own. You know, you have, all these, you have all these you have all these agents over the years that have kind of popped in and popped out, whereas Curtis became. The, the guy he trusted. I, it, I compare Curtis in many ways to the, that scene where um, Audrey and Jack are, are uh, trapped, and he says, "I can only there's only one person I trust." And then Tony Almeida busts through the scene like Batman. Totally. That's, that's where Curtis is to me in season five, where he's like, he knows he can trust Curtis. He knows, you know, Curtis has the same sensibilities, and he's not gonna, you know, try to talk him out of doing what he has to do. Oh, totally. They were the Expendables before it was cool. Exactly. Exactly. Ooh, that's that's the future of twenty four. Twenty four expendables. I like it. Uh, I've been saying that for a while. Uh, someone really? even someone a bunch of fans in this expendables uh, contest even made a bunch of like fake posters when part three came out. Like they they did some pretty good photoshops. They did ones of Pierce Brosnan and Jackie Chan, and Kiefer was one of the ones they put over <laughs> Mel Gibson's body. I'm like, nice. Yes. <laughs> I gotta give I gotta give yeah. love to two. Uh, I mean, I mean oh, oh, super off, super off, and. Um, and Martha Logan, like yeah. I knew Martha Logan. I knew I knew um, her ladies the hell out of that show. Like oh my gosh, like Jean Smart is is one of my favorite actresses right now. Period. And the only reason I even got hooked on her was because of Twenty Four. Yeah, everyone else was like, oh yeah, the gal from Designing Women. I'm like uh, uh, that and a bunch of other stuff. And it's like yeah, she's been just a veteran TV actress. And yeah, by this yeah. step. I did kind of, yeah, see an increase where and when she wasn't on a bunch of other sitcoms, she was pretty much jumping on to a bunch of other dramatic stuff and was like, okay, very right. cool. Right. I've never I mean, seen the, her in the, the scene where before. She, the scene where she, she takes the makeup and throws her, you know, throws water in her face and just you know, says, this is why I'm going out. Like after she's had her makeup done when you first meet her mm-hmm. in season five. And then she literally puts her face in the sink and washes it all off and looks like she looked like Keith Ledger in uh, The Dark Knight. It was wild, too, because, yeah, you, you're like, uh, is she unstable? And, like, yeah, there's yeah. something else going on here. She didn't get this way overnight. She doesn't have a mental illness or anything. She's right. being physically and mentally abused. Yeah. By Charles Logan. Totally. Um, 
And the only guy who sees through it is returning character Aaron Pierce of Secret yes. Service. This is his, again, you know, he was in the background in the first two seasons. And then yep. season three, he got more to do. Season four, he showed up here and there. And then, yeah, five, he's back to, uh, you know, he's even getting hunted down by some other crooked forces at play here in the Capitol. Yep. Is like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, he was always somebody that David Palmer trusted. So I think with David Palmer dying, you know, you, you still have David Palmer's presence in the White House with Aaron Pierce. 100%. Uh, in many ways. No one else could have do it, done it that great because you just, you didn't know where it was going to go. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you figured, well, he trusted Mike and then Mike kind of, you know, got greedy and uh, became a, you know, just change. Uh, let's, Kind of like Logan, let's just eliminate the yeah. truth and cover it up and go home. Right. And here, this is basically both a redemption factor for Mike. You know, mm-hmm. he's yeah. now yeah. in Logan's administration and he's realizing, hmm, this guy, this fucker isn't taking anything I'm saying seriously. Right. Yep. And this isn't even about my career at this point. This is about the fact that people are dying. And someone's got to answer for that. And I don't want to be part of an ongoing scandal and all this other shit. Right. And I didn't think about it at first, but I was like, hmm, well, so Lynn Cress, who he accidentally pushed to the bottom of the stairway, probably is in a coma. Accidentally? Not accidentally, but, you know, <laughs> it's just a struggle. It's, it's, up, it's up for she, debate. Yeah, a Secret Service agent got too carried away, and then she fell down and was like, hmm. Great. Yeah. So she's either in a coma or possibly dead. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was a freak accident. And he never got incriminated, but it was on his conscience. And that's why he resigned because it's like, ah, well, uh, I was just w- wanted to arrest her. And now <laughs> I unintentionally caused the death. So it's like, right, right. Uh, Lynn Kresge will be the star of my uh, spinoff called 24 Loose Ends. Oh, and, there I, you go. and I kind of want it on record because it's like I love the creators of Twenty Four, but if they take my ID, they take my idea, we're gonna have a conversation. But uh, yeah, 20, they better hire you as a writer at that point. <laughs> say just hire me as a consultant. Let me write the damn movie already, you fuckers. Well, they can write the whole thing. I just want to be listed as a consultant. Uh, uh, I don't know, and, man. I think you need that writers' guild money. You need that. <laughs> Twenty Four Loose Ends is is Lynn Kresge is mandy is Ooh, mandy. Uh, you know obviously it's it's again this, this, this yeah any sorry. character that didn't have their whole any character wrapped up and any character who's who jack jack bauer ruined their lives as far as they're concerned right because the heart of any good revenge film is the idea that oh this totally. person this person derailed my whole life and Predict I want to get the revenge next revenge there's got to be some other drazen kid or russian yep. guy who sure Brother oh, Dra- Drazen's probably got Dra- Drazen's probably got a dozen kids out there. I'm sure, and they just didn't come forth because they didn't have any weapons or something, or they're in prison still. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anybody who who might still be alive that we're not sure whether they were not they're gone. That's 24 loose ends. And loose ends includes Bauer and Day Nine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Is he actually dead, or was he just clinically dead, like in season two, where his heart stopped beating for a few seconds? <laughs> and that's and that's where we bring him back. 
There you go. <laughs> if they can do it with Tony here later in the season, we can do it later on. Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm up for even a – because there's so many RoboCop connections with 24, I'd be okay with Christopher Henderson coming back as RoboCop. Oh, that'd be cool. It'd be a little too much for me, but it'd be cool nonetheless. You know, it's just the show is just good at just knowing how to break the rules. While other shows will break the rules and kind of just yeah. force them down your throat without yep. – giving you time to process it you know this one is pretty good at yeah of course that's what happened idiot <laughs> <laughs> 24 is set in new detroit that's all i'm gonna say oh. or, or delta city or delta city as it would be maybe it could now, become a cyberpunk type movie uh, <laughs> i think hacking. i think the poss- i think the possibilities are endless uh, too impossible yeah uh, so oh. yeah uh i i feel like a lot of people like just will always just say this is the best of the best right yes and, and would you say that's the case because like I, I keep coming back to like uh four season two and four even more right nowadays. right and five well, i guess it's just one giant thing and well i i'm i'm i don't hide my biases um the best season the worst season of 24 is still better than anything else that's been on tv since oh totally even when it's bad it's great it's just like yeah. the star trek effect is like okay yeah. and i don't think there's any bad se- seasons of 24 like i don't i really honestly don't I'm, I'm biased that way but i don't think there's any bad season of 24 but there's degrees of this one worked better than that one did right or right. i didn't care for that part of the installment but the second half was great but when people ask me, they say, what's your favorite season of 24? I'm like, season one, because I didn't see that coming. Like, you know, it's like it's like American Horror Story for me. The, the best mm. American Horror Story season was the first season because they did crazy stuff that you'd probably never seen on TV. Like, just, just crazy storylines. And 24 is the same way. Doing a split screen and having it happen in real time is one of the most revolutionary things, arguably, that's ever been done on TV. So much so that nobody's tried to do it since, right? Yeah, it's like, how do you out-crazy the crazy plot twist? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, they, they, it was like my convention. Like, it was the craziest thing I've ever done. But the idea of even tackling a show that was going to run 24 hours and ha- all the logistics involved in, in doing that must have been insane. And so that's why, season, that's why season one for me is, is it was just so different and groundbreaking and seeing – Dennis Hopper on TV for the first time. And yeah, he was Keith a totally different TV. role from like Speed, where you're just like, okay, yeah. but he's gonna ham it up and have the bombs go off. I'm like, yeah, it's a little more subdued. He's more suspenseful and murderous here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's nasty. He's he's not a nice guy. And you can level. let the accent go because you know, you know, uh, yeah, it's just, he's just a larger than life persona. You can only escape yeah. so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and, and and at that point tv and movies didn't cross over like it's it's kind of notorious that Kiefer had been told growing up uh, that tv was where you go to die and if you watch like once upon a time in hollywood that that's what that whole movie is about it's about leonardo dicaprio's character going to tv because movies don't want him anymore mm-hmm. and in 2001 it still felt like that but by 2004 2005 you had it's claire totally danes like yeah you had claire danes doing homeland you had you know all these people that had been on movies Kevin Costner got almost, paid thirty million. Yeah. Thirty million to be on paid, Yellowstone. Everyone's did still he even making paid that much. Holy yeah, cow. everyone's still making four hundred for the day, and he gets paid thirty million an episode. Because which did? I mean, I'm a Yellowstone fan. Um, I almost gave up on it a couple times, 
but same like this mini this new spinoff took me a while to get into i'm like i don't know okay halfway through the second episode i'll give it a uh, a take but yes that's another show i'm not a kevin i'm not a kevin cosmic fan at all except i love him on yellowstone which that's a good point too because like he in like free movies he doesn't play kevin costner and right i think that's the other thing too i had pals who i kid you not they never cared for Kiefer Sutherland. I, I know. Sure. Lo and behold, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, for real? You don't, you Stand don't care by me? Lost yeah. Boys? What? For whatever reason, yeah. They didn't either care for those movies or Phone Booth or whatever, but they liked yeah. them on this. And at this point, they, they just accepted it as their kind of 80s, a serious version of the 18. I'm like, okay, interesting. Right. Who, sure. Who so, I, yeah, I wouldn't have thought about that, but yeah, you're right. Actors evolve over time, and it is interesting seeing what roles – won everyone over for life and what other roles it took everyone a while to get into and I, yeah. i'm still facing it i even saw some people who said i'm not too big a fan should i watch disney survivor i'm like uh absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly Just well do you, do you watch it do you watch yellowstone at all Oh, totally. I okay. The first the first 15 minutes of this the season that just ended the first 15 reminded me of the beginning of season 5 of 24 that's a very good way of putting it. The main Russian separatist guy, uh, Julian Sands. That Julian Sands, interesting yeah. Because yes. I guarantee you, he got more recognized from doing this in Smallville, and he was just kind of known as the guy who like gets mugged and leaving Las right. Vegas, and the villainous, uh, you know, uh, male witch in the Warlock horror yep. movies. So it's like, yeah, it, it, to see him at this second, maybe third stage of his career, and he's just this ruthless Russian guy, and yeah. How, he said he was inspired by, uh, like, uh, more recent James Bond movies. And I was like, that's totally cool, because I totally got that kind of James yeah. Bond, Alan Rickman vibe from him. From Julian Sands, definitely. Definitely. From Vladimir Berko. Vladimir Berko. There's even yeah. a moment where you're almost expecting him to kind of pull a Jeremy Irons, but he doesn't. He, he, <laughs> he doesn't break his accent at all. He doesn't. Do any he's a better he's a better Bond villain than, than most of the Bond villains the last 10 years. I absolutely think so. And you can tell that even the guys who do the Call of Duty games are huge 24 fans because not only do yeah. they reference like the nuke explosion in season six in like some of the modern warfare movies, like especially uh, games, but right. they even have some of these same people playing similar roles, including Sans. I'm like, that's cool because they're doing motion <laughs> capture where you look just like your character the act, yeah. of the actor and why don't we just get him? <laughs> and this was even more just uh, outrageously just detailed because, like, they capture him after a wonderfully well done, like, sabotage and siege of the uh, giant chemical factory. Yeah. Like, they get the stuff and then they rig an explosion after planning charges and then they got to escape and haul ass and capture him. And then they just decide, well, clearly he will never talk and it'll be too late by then. So, you know, they've done a bit of it before, but it never really went anywhere or someone else would just break the rules and, you know, get away. And it's like, this time is like, no, we, we got to give everyone bulletproof vests and give them a, you know, semi real gun and, right. yeah. and let him get away. And <laughs> it's, and it, pardon me if I'm wrong, is, is Edgar season five? Yes, he is. He was, oh. Introduced in season four, and yeah. here we go. Yeah, Edgar returns, and that's kind of where you get the whole again. Yeah, he and Chloe are. You thought everyone thought they were going to be a couple, but yeah, yeah, doesn't. Yeah, happen. that that that's that's the first time you see Chloe 
show emotion in many ways. Right? Oh, totally. When and having CTU actually just like get fretted by like the nerve gas itself, that was yep. cool because it's like, okay, so we're back to the whole season two realm of the whole giant facility gets attacked. That's yep. cool. Yep. But it's like we got glass, we're turning off the vents, but you know, it'll eventually spread in through here. And so it's like, well, to one one of them has to open up to get to the other one and turn off the you know filters, but it's like, geez, that's that's yeah. something because you got again all these guys who you like, and then some of these new bureaucrats like Sean Aston was just brilliant. Here. Sean Aston, my goodness, yeah, uh, Aston, Sean Aston was mixed, yeah. And that's Curtis's like finest moment when he just like comes in and says, "Well, I'm pretty much no one can do their job here. I am seeing yeah. how no one is getting anything done, so I." will actually risk my career and I will arrest you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm relieving you of your command. And uh, I noticed TV tropes noted how they kind of, the CTU guards kind of become the red shirts of Star Trek. It was like, interesting. <laughs> yes. They did. They're even wearing red now. Interesting. So there you well, go. They, they, it's unbelievable. You know, like I, I've always known about the Robocop connection with, uh, with 24 of how many Robocop people. Robocop connection. The Graham. You know, like all those people were from like almost all. The, I think all the bad guys. Ray Wise, I think yeah, everybody. Almost everybody all of was, them. Yeah, I think Red. Everybody at Red. What get some Star Trek people in there. Get some CSI and Law and Order guys, and then yeah. eventually even get someone who's just been on some lowbrow or cult show like Babylon Five or Yeah, well, I, Rangers. <laughs> well, every all all of Clarence Boddicker's crew showed up on Twenty Four at some point, including Clarence Boddicker yeah, and Claire, and Peter yeah. and Peter Weller. But then, Peter Weller. <laughs> but I think a bigger connection is, is the Star Trek connection. There are uh, totally. so many people on Twenty Four that had done that had done Star Trek or one of the Star Trek iterations, one of the giant um, movies or at least a giant recurring role. And yeah, yeah. I know I know Kassar before the director, he, he pretty much oversaw as a second producer, he would always forward some actor for the producers to yeah, yeah. do. And I knew he was a giant Star Trek fan, hence why he yeah. took Orville. But yeah, I mean, Koto, like so many Brandon Braga, all those people all were those all people. part of all yeah. part of Star Trek, including like Glenn Marsh. I think Glenn Marsh was on an episode. Oh, he's on a bunch of them. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, often in heavy makeup and it helped yeah. also that, um, I think they did look at fan fictions and that's where they would have people like sell them a few scripts ideas. So they did work outside the lines on a few other right, things. Right. And it was cool even seeing how like David Fury noted oh, how he yeah. had come, you know, straight from lost and he had already worked with Gordon on the various Buffy and angel shows. And so he's like, when he got the call to work on this, he's like, I'm going to do my damn just to. Yeah. <laughs> he, left, he left lost after after they won the Emmy, he left Lost to come to 24. Like, Lost yeah. is still going. Like, that's, Lost like, still going. You don't, leave it, you don't really leave an Emmy-winning show to join something else. But Oh, totally. And the Emmys had really changed pretty well at that point. Sopranos was still getting nominated. Yeah. Uh, Jericho was kind of all the rage on the cult TV show scene. And then yeah. you had Battlestar Galactica has taken off. It was like cable yeah. TV hasn't answered all the pay channels and the network channels. So... Uh, it was a cool way to just see that there was some, and my folks watched a bunch of Battlestar when it was on, and I, yeah. I saw how it was possible to just get consumed by a new show with a recurring, uh, a storyline and not get bored with it, and I just want to look forward to it every time. It was every 
TV was definitely at this point feeling like a movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they up they up the level. They up the uh, the stakes. Twenty four totally did. I give twenty four complete credit for that too, because because if you ask somebody from twenty four, Kiefer's a perfect example. He's I said I brought that up. I said, do you think twenty four changed TV? He said, well, seen elsewhere did, and so did Hill Street Blues. Like he he constantly defers it. You know, he's a very humble man. He did not want to say 24 changed TV, but I'm willing to say 24 changed TV for the better. I because definitely made you're me watching... realize you do have to t- pay attention, you know? Yeah, you're watching a movie. Every week you watched a movie. You weren't watching the TV show. Because there were many series I had seen at that point, like Band of Brothers and yeah. Roots. And so it was like, okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah. this isn't just uh, six episodes and done. Now it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's it's. I think I it was. I watched the footage yesterday, and at one point, I again I was really tired too. But I really I thanked the the creators of the show for making David Palmer black. I said that was a significant for as a black man. That was significant to see that on screen. I said oh, I can't tell you less, how. Yeah, that when they talked about how they think they opened up some discussions for absolutely uh, for for Barack Obama is like maybe they absolutely but, did. It had yeah. been talked about for a while, but more or less, I think, I mean, he'll definitely go down as one of the best actors to have played a president on TV. Absolutely. Sure. He's, still, mean, he's still the president people want. Like, if, 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 if uh, Dennis Haysbert put his hat in the ring for 2024, I bet you he'd get in. That would be a very interesting thing, because, yeah, it's like, if Martin Sheen did that, it'd be like, well, he's too old. If you did it with Tia Leone on Madam Secretary, it'd be like, right. well... I'm not sure she wants to actually do it. She's just a comedic, dramatic actress. And so, yeah, it's like, would he do it? And I know he said, oh, I'm, hell no, I'm just an actor. But you never know. You know, he might just say no. <laughs> here's, here's what I want. Haysbert, Louis Dreyfus, 2024. Ooh, there you go. A Veep connection. Nice. I don't know that Selena was ready for the presidency, but uh, she made a great Veep. You know, it be an interesting predicament get, could he at least be an ambassador <laughs> exactly absolutely uh, uh, that's 24 loose ends, 24 loose ends maybe. <laughs> speaking of which i really am surprised that at this point you know we know so much about wayne and we'll get to season six here in a bit but like right right uh, yeah they, they totally leave away we never see the kids again and they're good right. actors who have gone on to have bigger careers most of them yeah. at least and it's just so wild how yeah, they they don't bother with that part of his lifestyle. They just focus on Wayne and how he's like, well, I'm going to have to work off the grid with Bauer as well. I know how to use a gun. Right. I had some military training, but this is like... They, they put him in the field a little bit. Totally. I forgot about that. You're right. And yeah, and they don't... He It's like a brief mention, and he's like, you missed that episode. You're going to wonder, oh, why is he holding a gun now? Yeah. How did he learn yeah. how to do that? It's like, because he... That's how he... And so that was kind of cool looking at it now. It's like, okay, so you can pretty much think to yourself, we never saw how he got elected other than that, you know, he mm-hmm. had charisma and he was the president's younger brother. And he's like, yeah, he probably played the veteran card too. And that's how he sure. got in. Um, yep. uh, say what you will about the loose ends involving the crime scene of, his <laughs> of uh, Julia brother. Milliken. Yep, yeah, of Julia and, that, and Sherry, but something happened. <laughs> That didn't, that didn't get too far, apparently. Nope. Uh, it obviously didn't affect his ability to become president. Yeah, it made you wonder. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. So Crazy. Yeah, man. 
and that's that was the other thing too they did go do some good screenwriting rules in that is like the more detail the more you've just lost total believability and you know, yeah and, right and, and this was really good at just having the plausible implausibility it's just like yeah. okay yep. yes let's say someone can do a lot of things in one day generally most people can't but let's just say that jack has his delta force training you know put to use and uh you know everyone's are, are you are you a bond fan at all i am uh, okay were you still pretty caught up on that franchise by that point golden eye okay golden eye comes out and i think i saw it in the theater no 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 i it, no i saw it in the theater and i was with a buddy of mine and nice. uh we saw golden eye and it, the scene was uh the, the airplane goes off the side of a cliff and uh james bond who's pierce brosnan at that point rides the bike over the side of the cliff he lets go of the bike his, his motorcycle and then he catches up to the plane that's going down and he climbs inside the plane and he writes the plane so he brings it back up so it doesn't crash okay nice that's how that's how that movie opened up oh yeah and, and that's uh, before you get to the factory escape and infiltration. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he somehow gets flies down faster than the plane was dropping and he's able to catch it up and i looked at my friend and i said oh come on and he literally looked at me and said, there's the door. He said, if you want reality, you cannot watch this movie with me. If you just like just sit and shut up and watch the movie, we, we're going to be good friends forever. We still are. But it was the best piece of advice he gave me because it was like, really, I'm going to analyze you know, a James Bond film? No, of course not. I'm going to take it for what it's worth. Yeah, so, when, it... so when 24 comes around, I, did, I put all those thoughts out of my head. How long it takes. I've been to LA. I know how long it takes to get from end to end. Uh, but I we can know just throw you can that only out do the so many knockouts and punches yeah. and bruises. We get it. And at the same time, I mean, James Bond is the same way. It's like, should have yeah. probably already gotten an AIDS infection and how did yeah. 006 fake his death? Not <laughs> showing point blank in the head, but whatever. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's the same thing with any kind of show. It's like, why yeah. would you? And it's interesting how most why people. Why would I pick it apart? Well, and I don't know why it has to be a different genre for people to realize don't take in the same thing. I'm like, just look at the mm. tone and everything. Like, there's serious comedy, and then there's, you know, campy comedy. You know, it's like, right. and it, it, some people just can't tell the difference. And same thing with action. I think, much like horror, you know, I, I don't think it, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of bad ones. And oh, sure. that push people's buttons, and you go, I, I just got bored as all get out <laughs> after the first few gore or car explosions. and. I think that's just it. It's like, this is just breaking through some ground because it's like, it's drama and the action is, again, kind of as good as the Terminator movies where it's yep. just from one extended chase scene to the next and you're looking forward to it as opposed to, like, I'll give you an example. Like, if you get to Lethal Weapon 3 or 4, right. you take out five of those action scenes, you don't lose anything in the movie except just content, you know? Exactly. Yep. And you still have a entertaining movie. It's just you have it all full-blown it's testosterone it's like on steroids so it's like right right it's interesting how it's just when people have so much freedom they can that uh, they will go bonkers and go off there yeah i have to, i have to trust the sensibilities of the, the late great richard donner on the lethal weapon films right and i have to trust the sensibilities of like a john cassar or a brad turner to know what to do and how to make it you know like and I, I, I trust i trust what they do and he's uh, Brad is such an undervalued talent. Just having yeah. worked on various other shows like the Stargates and yeah, various other mystery uh, of the week movies, you know, from Canada and yeah, 
uh, yeah, when when he came on and would direct like half the season, he would do a lot of the same stuff that he echoed in his other work where he just knew how to just kind of I think that's just it. Everyone, I mean, that's why the season five had some good special features that not only showing the production design, but how every actor pretty much gets their moment in the sun. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a great rehearsal from then on. Yeah. Brad Turner is another great director. Like a really like John Cassar. There's so many Kevin Hooks. There's so many people that came out of, out of 24 that if the, it's for me, 24 is like a barometer. Okay, if I know this person was involved, I'm going to watch it. Just because I know the level of quality that it takes to be even a, a part of the 2014. So when Brad Turner does an indie film, I'm watching it. When John Cassard shoots Forsaken with uh, Donald and Kiefer Sutherland, I'm in. Like, I don't, need to, I don't need to watch the trailer to decide whether I'm going to watch it. Whereas there's so many other shows coming out all the time that I have to have, I have, to have some kind of barometer to even gauge whether i want to spend time watching yeah before it inevitably gets canceled or yeah oh yeah yeah it's like sometimes you just got to remind studios be thankful for what you have people do still continually re-watch it it's kind of like uh when we talked about deadwood and oz like those were shows that hbo forgot were were great and they're too busy complaining about shows that they're not happy to have like sex in the city and sopranos and then there's still promoting those more and more even doing movies of them like that's stupid <laughs> right right take pride in what you do and what you promote it's funny how that worked i i think had it been a giant like movie or tv budget uh it would have been ashley judd was nina uh yeah and defoe was jack bauer and andre <laughs> Breyer was president palmer that's my dream cast and tommy lee jones would probably be like the mentor or george <laughs> yeah i can see that. i gotta bring you in jack this is not <laughs> my rehash of the fugitive and peter peter stormare as uh as uh, uh dennis hopper's character drew a blank oh <laughs> peter 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 stormare the drazens as one of the drazens peter stormare would have been a, made a perfect uh, andre drazen uh peter stormare or Victor would have yeah, yeah, you guys might know him from various stuff like Armageddon and Prison Break, but and Fargo, but yeah, he would have been he would have eaten up the scenery, probably even nailed the accent better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What yeah. are you doing here with my son? <laughs> Sons of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Peter Stormare is one of my favorites too. And again, he's one that I'm surprised wasn't on 24. Oh, totally. Speaking so. of language, language, did you notice? Okay, so do you think there are more dammits in these two seasons than the other seasons combined? It's you I don't think count back. more sons of bitches and bastards. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I think the apex of the dammits was season four because that was when Kiefer had found out about the drinking game. And yeah, he, he, okay, that makes better sense. So he was doing it on purpose. Yeah, for, by by four, he definitely was aware. Is like, okay, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be here a while. This is not going off the TV. <laughs> Which must have must have pushed up ratings because you'd have to watch it twice because you were probably blacked out from drinking yeah, during the episode. They're still doing the whole thing where it's on after something like American Idol or a giant ass sports game, and so <laughs> yeah, it was interesting how it was just kind of that. Uh, just people would actually stay up late and do something like that. And I, I know my folks yep. used to do that with something like X-Files. And so it's like, it is funny how that would happen. We're just like, yeah, if there's anything we're staying up for, it's going to be a show where we actually want to see what happens, not just because it's on, because it's on, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I- event TV. That's and really what it it's is. kind of a shame that Kassar, I, I know uh, 
he like did an episode of Criminal Minds, I think he would have been perfect right. to helm the rest of the franchise. And he just didn't. He just wasn't digging it. It just didn't have that. I found I always liked it because it was very similar to Twenty Four. And he is like, yeah, but it's still kind of there's not as much freedom. So I don't think he yeah. liked that. And here he got the ultimate freedom. And he would, you know, who would give that up? Why would you give freedom? Well, up? that's and that's one of the running again running commentaries of the actors that were on Twenty Four that have gone to do other shows. And then they're like, I didn't realize how good we had it on 24. Yeah. I, because, I left too soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I left too soon. And, and I, can't impro- so... I can't improvise. Yeah. I can't improvise like I could on 24. Kassar yeah, should not have quit during season eight. He should have stayed with it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, there were some episodes where the Mylon Shalob guy who had done some of season seven where it's like, right. I don't feel like you have an original voice in this episode. You're just doing what Brad helped you set up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it would also be a hard show to come into and, you know, try to, and literally try to live another day. Chore- literally yeah. try to Well, to and even look at the, how the fights and presidential exposition, like the presidential stuff is totally tossed out in that season. And, right, yeah. And there isn't, like, the fights are quickly done so fast to, in the dark to where it's hard to see them. And you're like, well, usually you see a lot of realistic choreography on screen. And right, right. He just punched someone in the face with a rifle and there's no blood on his nose. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. But I will, <laughs> but I will say William Devane, arguably oh, his, his best acting ever in season nine. I yeah. Loved, I loved what he did. Uh, he, yeah. As I said before, he was pretty much the John McCain of the show and how ironic John McCain was saying. Yeah, like, it was on the show. Makes a cameo on here. And yeah. He liked what it represented, but he didn't like the idea of torture because, well, what do you know? You're talking about a torture survivor. I get it. And right, right. It is interesting how uh, Devane kind of had that same mentality. Both he and Wayne Palmer's uh, characters, they they have this whole inference where it's like they've done their time in the military. Now they're in public yeah. office. Yeah. And now they're seeing that they pretty much got to go back to using guns and stealth. And they're mm-hmm. in their damn you know business suits. But yeah, when he comes into the fold, it is just so awesome to see him again because it, you didn't expect him to be actually a, fr- uh, a friend of Jack and having him having to face Logan in his office and then Logan decides to have his culprits try and, you know, run him yeah. off the road. It's just like, wow, at yeah. this point, Logan has nothing to lose. He will do anything he can to get rid of the man. You can't kill Jack Bauer and you can't kill William Devane. Those you those can't <laughs> kill Heller, man. James, yeah. And it's just so wild when he does that. He's like, I'm going to have to drive him to the lake. You know, if I don't survive, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I bet he really, he's a method actor. I bet she actually drove into the lake. I hope just, not. <laughs> just to prove a point. <laughs> with, with Freddie Prince Jr. in the back. I don't know. Just, oh, just, just a thought. Just please a, oh, do yeah. that. That would be Ooh. better. But uh, that'd be unintentional waterboarding at that point. But yeah, it would be funny if he had, if the actor had come to work with water in his car. What, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> just imagining what it'd be like Dredge. to drown in my car. <laughs> Wiping himself down. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> See, we could rewrite the whole show. Let's rewrite. Oh, man, there's so many... There was even one person who used to do like stick figure animation of popular movies and shows, and he <laughs> used to have that, one yeah. in 24, and he did one where basically Tony turns evil and is responsible for Curtis's death. I'm like, oh my god, that's so different. <laughs> what if? What if? <laughs> 24, what if? 24, what if? Michelle comes back from the dead and helps we got him, lots of ideas. in love with Jack, and then Tony bows after him because, you know, it's a love triangle now, so there you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so... We've I, forgot about, I forgot about uh, Heller going over the side of the cliff in this season. 
it's a great twist of the rest of the season because yep. like at that point you basically is like what won't they do and yeah yeah uh i mean audrey like uh is like excessively bleeding when she's held hostage. Like you can tell she, her cartilage is very weak at this point when yeah, yeah. Henderson is using her as a hostage, but it's kind of wild how at this point Henderson gets to do a bunch of cat and mouse kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah. Jack has to basically find different ways with Wayne or Curtis to dispatch the various henchmen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's crazy. I really dug how, you know, when it finally ends, uh, when he's trying to get the various people, you know, you know, he has, you know, Pierce is having to literally sneak back in too, because much like Jack, uh, he's, he, on the outs. he's on the outs too. Yeah, he's been yeah, pretty yeah. much arrested by Secret Service. He's killed a few other Secret Service agents who are on the on the take, and mm-hmm. uh, even Martha unexpectedly kills someone to save him. But yeah, yeah it's just, yeah. it's. I always thought somewhere, you know. Uh, Pierce is out there gonna free Jack Bauer from prison in China or something. Right. <laughs> With Jim Vickers, Michael Madsen's character in season eight. That would have been fun, but it yeah, didn't happen. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah, I don't think we have anything much bad to say about season five. I no do, I will admit there's plenty of other plot twists, much like all the shows. It's not like with, you know, when you know Nita is bad, then there's no other suspense. There's plenty of other suspense and other stuff in season one. It's right, anything with right. season five. It's just for the most part, we just think of it where, oh, it's the Richard Nixon season where <laughs> exactly <laughs> Richard Nixon has got a place shit. in got a place in California. Oh, man, it's just insane. And well, I mean, I mean, I guess we have to, you know, if we're going into season six, we kind of have to. There's there's kind of a big a big plot point that has to be addressed in order to bring us back to how we start in season six is don't take a phone call when somebody tells you to take a phone call. Don't ever take a phone call because Ching, that's right. Yeah. The Chinese council in LA has come for Jack and yeah, apprehended a, him with his men. Your daughter's it. calling. Go, go get that, that random phone. Your daughter's calling. And, and, and then, yeah, Audrey comes to the phone. And she's just like, where the hell is Jack? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was the, it was the perfect disappearance act. But it was like, how would how would Kim get the number of some random payphone in the middle of nowhere? Payphone like, and I guess his, I guess he felt hard because she used it right. Yeah, <laughs> he used up all that testosterone. So yeah, the superhero power, you know, it was on the off switch. So yeah, yeah. His, his spidey senses were not tingling whatsoever, and it's like, oh, I guess I better take the call. Mm-hmm. What's the way he says to him at the end? It's like. Uh, Mr. Bawa, we missed you. <laughs> it's also the reason that you don't kill Michael Myers because you can't keep doing more stuff. If you if you hadn't had that that end is is a, a season that had the most shocking beginning, right? The, a the, shocking death, the death of major characters, and then that last like sixty seconds of the show or ninety seconds of the show, where you're like, oh, good, finally, Jack's resolved the problem. He got Logan. He did all that stuff. Right, he's he's gonna be great from this point on, and then they throw him on the boat and take him to sh- take, they Shanghai him literally on a boat that says Shanghai. Yeah, and Chang and Chang shows up. Chang shows Amazing. up in the middle of the Amazing. ocean. Jack already has plenty of blood on his face; he's, can barely yeah. breathe out either nose or his mouth, and yeah. he's just looking at him like, ah, "Just fucking kill me." Yeah, in the in the time that Audrey's trying to figure out where he is, he's been beat up to the point where he looked like that in the 45 seconds 
in the 45 seconds. And that's the best way about it. I, yeah. So many oh, other shows would have just ha- had this be like two episodes where he is tortured for the next few episodes. And then yeah. the plot twist is like, no, yeah. I just need 20 seconds in that last thing. And I, I can fill in the rest of the gaps. <laughs> and if you're watching it live, it's like, well, enjoy the next seven months. Because you're not going to find out anything until January next year. So it ended in May, end of May. And then you had <laughs> the rest of the year to go, what? what? Like, I, I remember as, 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 a, as a viewer watching that live, and just my jaw was on the floor. And I was just like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Like, he literally was going to get at least a, like a, a little bit of a break. Yeah, no, coming into it late, I knew he got kidnapped somewhere along the way. I didn't know when or where right, or how. Right, Because at that point, again, you know, people, when we were watching this, you know, you, if you didn't have streaming or watch it on Fox.com the next day, you know, you mm. didn't have access to this or Hulu. And no. you had to buy the DVDs. And if you didn't like season one, you know, why would you buy season, you know, two for four? And, you know, yeah. I made good on it. I saw them online and then I bought the DVDs and introduced my folks and grandmother too and and nice. i was like see grandmother we got someone else besides ncis to watch <laughs> that's right <laughs> um it, it's you're, you're, you're doing good work thank you and uh, you did good too you <laughs> i you i it sounds like you loaned out your copies to more people than i ever did i can't tell you how many times i would loan the first two seasons to friends <laughs> <laughs> and not get them back yeah that, oh yeah, i got them back for the time. most part but yeah <laughs> <laughs> there were a few but those guys were just idiots you know wasn't even friends with so yeah whatever yeah shame yeah. on me for trusting them but yeah um <laughs> exactly it was so we're gonna do a quick recap of season five of that play and then we will be back president logan extends a greeting to his russian counterpart mr president mr president pleasure to see you david palmer's been assassinated a year and a half ago I was told the only way I could stay alive was to create the illusion that I was dead. Someone knew that Jack was alive. Jack Bauer is now the prime suspect in President Palmer's assassination. Chloe, what the hell's going on? Jack didn't kill anybody. He's being framed to cover up the real reason Palmer was assassinated. I spent a year securing a weapon that would bring Moscow to its knees. If Russia isn't going to pay with the life of its president, then its new ally, the United States, will pay with the lives of its citizens. I just signed a treaty. Now all of a sudden I find out that the terrorists are still out there with nerve gas. If CTU can't find this man, Bierko, we're gonna get hit. We can ignite that gas before it leaves the plant. The Simtox will be incinerated. Bierko! Christopher Henderson was responsible for setting up the deal that allowed the terrorists to gain control of the Syntox. Who is this Henderson? Someone I used to work for. Where? CTU. He was the man who recruited me. Things ended badly between us. Well, what are you accusing me now of, Jack, being in bed with terrorists? The recording of the phone call that you made between President Logan and Henderson is in the safety deposit box. Which bank? We have to focus on stopping Bauer before he finds that recording. As soon as we have the evidence in hand, we're going to pass it off to Secretary of Defense Heller. It had to be done, so... I decide what needs to be done, Mr. Henderson. I never authorized you to kill David Palmer. We got what we need. Is Bauer dead? Not yet, Mr. President. He has a recording. Yes, sir. That evidence directly implicates me in David Palmer's death. Son of a bitch. They come for the recording! Chloe. I want you to prepare the recording for playback. I want you to clean it up and apply a digital signature so we can establish a chain of evidence. Get out of here, Miles. 
I'm just doing my job, Chloe. If there was something on this memory chip, it's been erased. The Urko's escaped. We can't do much damage with one canister of nerve gas. You're so wrong. I overheard Bierko talking to his men. I'm certain he said something about a nerve gas canister. Henderson set up Bierko with a nerve gas to begin with. He's not gonna help us. Will if we offer him a deal. What do you want? To disappear. Just like you did so they wouldn't turn you over to the Chinese. Bierko's gonna release a Centox gas soon. We need to know where. It's a Russian submarine, Jack. We have control of the weapons system. Begin the launch countdown. How much time do you need to cancel the launch sequence? I won't know for certain until I see how the targeting software is configured. We're gonna keep Yerko and his men out of here so you can finish this. Ten seconds till launch. That's done. The launch sequence is canceled. You weren't ever really gonna let me go, were you? No. I'm going after Logan. If Logan doesn't confess, how far are you actually willing to go? As far as I have to. And we're back with season six. All right. Let's That's exciting. The, let's play the promo and <laughs> we'll be right back. Sir, you have a ticket? My name is Jack Bauer. I'm a federal agent. You have a terrorist on this train with a bomb. I need you to walk away. Everyone back! Who wants you? Who wants you dead? You don't want to make me do this. Don't even think about it. Trust me, I'm not. Don't miss the two-night, four-hour premiere. 24 returns one week from tonight on Fox. Tomorrow, the new season of 24 begins, and once it starts, there's no stopping it. Ah! We've proven we can strike at you anytime, anywhere. Critics give it four stars. All teams for moving in. It's so good, it's scary. Put down your weapon! All hail the power of power. The two-night premiere event begins tomorrow at 8, 7 central on Fox. All right, Ryan. He's wow. the Ryan we love, unlike Ryan Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He knows the radio deal where I just say something and everyone's on the same page. Uh, so <laughs> We speak Klingon. We all speak the same language. I we speak, trust We speak 24. You. I need you to trust me. If I don't trust me, I'm going to something bad's going to happen. Who do I trust? Ryan, Ryan, Ryan! <laughs> God forgive me. <laughs> yeah, God forgive me. <laughs> Good times. This is fun. Too much fun. Absolutely. Careful. Yeah. We might open it. We might get the giant box set that has the suitcase because this is the season with the suitcase. This and is the suitcase. You're right. 20 months later after season five and beginning at 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> <sighs> Jack has been released after being detained all that time in a Chinese prison. Reluctantly released, too. Reluctant re released. He says it himself, you should just release me back. I'm not going to help you. And they're like, yeah. nope. Get dressed. Get up. Cut your hair. <laughs> and it's funny. So I always felt like the rest of this season was pretty much like season two. But it begins even the same way as season two. He starts off gorily killing someone and then yeah. cuts his hair by the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's the Richard Kimball effect. It's the, it's the oh, there you go. Yeah, it's, 
is the nobody yeah. will recognize me if I get rid of this beard. If I get rid of that just longest hair. Um, so and I've had I've had a beard like that in my lifetime. It would have taken a whole lot longer. But again, we're not talking reality. We're talking real time. No. There's, <laughs> there's 24 real time, and there's you know. Stop it! No, you can't be serious. Reality. Oh. <laughs> Get that out of my conversation. <laughs> so before you can say Jacob's Ladder, you've got a bunch of psychological mind games here. <laughs> and, and, and you have, if you watch it closely, when you watch when he's being released, the way he looks at Chang says, speaks volumes. Oh, that, yeah. That comes back later, but boy. It's, it's a just, weird stance. That's so true. It's a weird stance. Je uh, uh, yeah, uh, Bill and Curtis are there, you know, and Bill is reluctantly having to shank Ching's hand, and mm -hmm. He's like, on orders of the president, just doing what I'm told, Jack. I, I don't agree with what he did to you, obviously. I'm your friend. And, and, and yeah, Jack doesn't want to even be hugged or embraced. And Curtis gets it, you know, because he was part yeah, of, like, yeah. a, a SEAL Team 9, I think, is the thing he said. Yep, so yep. might have been responsible for killing Osama bin Laden back in the day. I don't know. Um, you know, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was interesting seeing that. And it was just like, yeah, uh, Curtis is like, he never thought he'd see Jack in this dire estate. And yep. yeah, and, and, but yeah, he look. Jack is looking at Ching like, oh man, <laughs> if you didn't have all this, if I didn't have these cuffs, you know, I would just, just put us in a room there. together. I would put us in a room together. Totally. I would pull a Rambo four and I would just rip out your lyrics <laughs> and just exactly. Uh, I would and bite off both your ears and yeah, do some gory death we can't show on TV. Exactly. I would uh, Mike Tyson Mike Tyson your ear. Right I would off. Mike Tyson the shit out of you. Yes. I would <laughs> I would Wesley Snipes and Undisputed. I would just give me give me thirty seconds in a room with this guy. It's all Charles like, Bronson in Hard Times. I would <laughs> exactly quote Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. I will fucking murder you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Absolutely. Oh man, Jesus. <sighs> yeah, that, that's some good acting though. That was yeah, it yeah. was good acting because yeah, it, it's just like it. He's looking at him like he's a bully, and at the yeah. same because he is, but it's just interesting. He's like. Oh, I don't want to even be anywhere near him, and yet at the same time, I can't look at you and not just, you know, uh, just have all the pain just come back then and there. No Tylenol will panic. <laughs> you know, I, I, there weren't words for it until I am going to reference uh, The Force Awakens. My my favorite Kylo Ren line in Force Awakens is, we're not done yet. I just, he somehow he becomes this New York gangster. <laughs> for whatever reason yeah, yeah. I mean, he stops like, looks at the camera and he goes we're not done yet and he just said it and yet. he said it he said it with a bit of a bronx accent which i really liked yeah. but that's <laughs> that was that was the look that jack gave oh totally Dang, we're not done yet well and it's funny you say that because there's a lot of star wars moments on this damn show you You're always right. get is like there's the darth vaders then there's the palpatines then there's the just the various Absolutely. bounty hunters and what have you? I mean, Philip was the Phantom Menace. Come on. There you go, Philip. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah. So what does this make Ching? Does this make him the Boba Fett? What does this make uh, or the... Job of the Hutt. That's what he is. Yeah, he's the Job of the Hutt. He's yeah. the Job of the, the Hutt. Oh, You're right. Oh, oh. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this okay. is the only way. Because we like oh, him. He's oh, a cool villain. Oh, 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 yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Imagine, imagine this show without Ching. Like, really. It, yeah. But... You'd be missing a lot. Well, and it just needs some of the suburbs that rate itself apart because every awesome show 
has its imperfections. And what I don't like from this point on is, without any sort of irony, every even season goes back to a Middle Eastern terrorist. And it's right. like, right. I don't mind it here because it's basically a season two rehash and I really love season two. Yeah. But it's not, in my opinion, better than season four because, again, Marwan, he was, again, he was General Juma in season seven. He was right. Logan and Birko and Henderson Birko and, in season yeah. five. And so it was like in season five, you had to have like three giant ass villains. Yeah. And Gradenko. Gradenko, yeah. And yeah, like, I mean, I mean, honestly, this is how I used to defend it. I haven't had to defend it in years. But when people were saying, oh, they only pick on this group, I'm like, no, 24 is an equal opportunity. Every the Irish, the Chinese, the you know, all that's and, missing the African. is Tom Clancy, where it goes. I mean, we've had Patriot games type, including President yeah, Andrew yeah. Moves, but it's like it could have used some IRA guys on there. That would have been awesome. But yeah, every every nationality gets the shot though. Like it, like when you when you realize he with Saunders, he's an MI six prick. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like it, it, the roots go deeper than just one one group or one nationality. Within a single season, you might have four different groups: the Russians, the you know. The you know what was the what was the the later the country they made up but I mean they it was equal opportunity it really didn't it really didn't just focus on one particular group it it hit everybody everybody got a chance to be bad everybody and some some were better than others totally and we actually think at multiple times Jack is going to die or probably you know his heart's (laughs) going to stop beating for a split moment like it does in the opening interrogation Um, and it's just so wild how it goes there you know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely um yeah no i mean for me it was apples and oranges like season fry three got picked on because it wasn't as epic as season two but it was cool in its own right so i mean i never felt like the magic ever ended with season five i just felt like it became a different kind of show but it was still pretty cool but oh yeah absolutely i mean season seven i think is very extremely underrated and a lot of people like to act like it's just a lesser season just because it's after five i'm like well it had some pretty banged up villains. Does it, yes, become oversaturated with a lot of villains? Sure, but you know, it's a little bad. Battles. It's a little Batman forever. <laughs> it is a little, yeah, just on the hinges of well, okay, what won't they do now? Um, and I think it just it didn't help that again they're affected by the writer's strike, and then when they get back to work and. I know John Gassar said he had just won the Emmy the night before for season five, and then he had to go start shooting for the opening of season six. <laughs> right, yeah. It was like, that required nine cameras for that giant bus explosion. And it was interesting how, just seeing how anyone could be a terrorist. You know, there, were, there was plenty of other shows before Homeland was on, like Sleeper Cell and yeah. The Unit. And so I was never, they were basing it off actual stuff like they were seeing in newspapers and what have you. And so it was like, yeah, I mean, anyone for the right amount of money can do something homicidal. And so when we saw ISIS and other crazy brainwashing, mentoring candidates type stuff, or he's like, yeah, it, I'm not surprised to see it on this show. That makes better sense for it to well, be as opposed to one organization. And I know it, I try to remember what years it were, but Kevin Williamson had said when he created the following that he was basically trying to create another Jack Bauer. He wanted Kevin Bacon to be in the next. He, he wasn't, really? he wasn't high. He wasn't hiding his love for 24, even Sweet. to the point where it's called the following. And this dawned on me the other day. 
the following takes place. I'm like, oh my gosh, he even named the show after the It definitely gave me that same vibe, but I never put two and two together. Everyone always called it the Criminal Minds, you know, Hannibal. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, that makes better sense because... <laughs> but, but it was almost too much because like you said, anybody could be the bad guy. And it was like, it was like crowdfunding terrorism. And yeah. so the, the, the idea almost, to me, it became too big to be able to maintain any kind of, I, I thought all three seasons were great, but I thought, you know, the idea of anybody can do it, then that's, that's so much bigger than just saying, well, it's Marwan or it's uh, Philip Bauer or it's, you know, whatever. It, it just seemed, it seemed like a huge thing to tackle that if you couldn't really trust anybody around you, uh, it seemed, to, it was almost like the, the writing was out of control. You I think it was to... they had to apologize midway through when it was on and it also kind of got to where I think the sec much like season three the second half of the season is way better after it gets right. you that yep. attention because there's just so much to take in and it's relentless it's like yep. okay so I loved how again they got another 24 guy here they got yeah, uh, Alexander Sadeg, who you guys might know as Doctor Bashir, he's oh, basically yes. playing an anti-hero terrorist who's basically another Star Trek connection, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'll back up a bit. So Jack is asked to go turn himself in to a terrorist named Abu Fayed, played by Adani Marapis, who you might know from Mortal Kombat Conquest TV show. <laughs> and uh, he plays, you know, you know. His terrorist character essentially is just like, yeah, whatever you got to do, you got to sacrifice Jack Bauer to me. So he's coming all the way from the Chinese, being released by the president, and the president is asking him, hey, you got to give yourself up. And he's like, anything for you, Wayne? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Wayne is now the president, and uh, Bill wants to find a way to somehow, you know, make it work in his favor where he puts a tracking device on Jack, but he is smarted because Fayed's men are not amateurs. They got metal detectors. They know you got a device inside Jack. So yep. it turns out it's all for nothing. Jack is being sacrificed and Bill is beside himself. He's like, I've literally just released my agent to be killed. And uh, I, I'm going to have this on my conscience. He yep. and Karen from Homeland Security are now married mm -hmm. unhappily. And she is a correspondent for Wayne Palmer's presidency, which seems to not be very progressive and uh, have with a lot of, yeah, be going behind his back, much like with David yeah. Palmer. And yep. to make matters worse, uh, once Jack escapes, he finds, yes, he works with a bunch of anti, uh, a bunch of terrorists who want to take down all the other terrorists. Mm-hmm and expose them for the, you know, martyrs that they are and finds out bigger conspiracies as they go along. His father, Philip, has been <laughs> using his private investments and, and other uh, associations to also buy a bunch of uh, power grids and everything that he can use for his own weapons dealing. Right. And is later working with Ching. So... And you also you also get a name on the guy that's been the puppet master up until that point. Yes. You'd, you'd seen who was that guy five. with the glasses who, who was, was talking the to the glasses? president last season? Oh, that's Jack's evil younger brother Graham, who's spited his guts since Jack unintentionally got an affair with his in-law. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and to make matters worse, 
they originally planned, and I'm glad they did away with this. They were already kind of inspired. They've always been inspired by sh- inspired by Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like Sherry Palmer was pretty much the Lady Macbeth. Oh, and, absolutely. And for this, they kind of wanted to go to kind of Oedipus, where you're just like, okay, yeah, Philip basically, assu- you know, sexually assaulted his kid Jack. That's why he went running and hiding to the military. But they did away with it. But you still got that kind of. He definitely laid a finger or a hand on Jack growing up. You definitely got mm-hmm. that sense. Yeah. Like, he took out, he's a whip you with my belt kind. He's definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Gary Matheson kind of guy. I always compared those two. That was, I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't think of that. That's, yeah, he's very much like the serial killer plot in season two. And, and yeah. Billy, Billy Burke has this, he's on 911 Lone Star right now. And he's playing a very similar, not quite as brutal as Gary Matheson, but you can't trust him. And I remember watching uh, season six of, of and watching Philip Bauer and going, yeah, he's got that. He's got a bit of a, a Gary Matheson season two feel for sure. Just that creepy dad. Because <laughs> that remember, I don't know that there's that one scene where he looks at Kim just a little too long. And you're like, oh, that's where this story is going. This isn't there, good. There was definitely that. Um... I definitely got a sense, I mean, even with just the Russians and just the crappy family and all, is like this show is just continually going to be very, very shocking. And yeah, I think it just introduced everything too quick. It could have spread it all out throughout the season. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. we were liking how most of these seasons from this point on were Kim Bauer free. She's not running around, you know, doing something right. dumb. Yeah. And here we're back to square one. We got, you know, in-law Marilyn and Jack's nephew and – I don't have a problem with their acting, but they're given nothing to do except Jack, help me, you know. So it's like right, shit. right, yeah, yeah. They're plot devices now. And I think, I think, I think the grandson was put on to confuse. So you get confused with Ricky Schroeder by the time the scene <laughs> ended. You're like, how come he looks like Ricky Schroeder in Silver Spoons? Oh, there's Ricky Schroeder. Oh, yeah, Ricky right. Schroeder shows up as an unethical agent who picks a fight with returning season one character Milo Pressman, played by Eric Bolfer. <laughs> yes, who you guys will know from Stephen King's Haven and Six Feet Under. That's right. In addition to that, Milo is in a love triangle with Nadia, uh, Middle yeah, Eastern Nadia. Uh, agent played by Marisol Nichols of Riverdale fame. You've also seen her in CIS and Criminal Minds. Yep. She, this, is bef- this is what got her on the map for us guys. And much like Tony and Michelle on season two, they have a love triangle. and Not love triangle. Well, love triangle here, but they're having an illicit romance here at CTO when they should be getting their job done. Anyway. Right, right. So, um, Tony, Michelle, and Bill Buchanan, by the way. But that's another story. Oh, totally. So at the same time, <laughs> Jack is continually under investigations. Audrey has been returned, and she's been tortured by the Chinese. And Heller tells him, get the hell out of my life. Mm-hmm. And that's all in between the various, just taking down various other hackers, Russian saboteurs, and other Chinese gunmen. <sighs> before you can say die hard 200 times it's happened so <laughs> uh, and of I course Chang Chang comes back Chang comes back getting the board and decides to kidnap Jack's you know nephew again for you know which, power. which dawns on me you know what I'm just realizing now Chang never left LA he, he never left LA because if, if he had gone back to China he wouldn't have had time to come back yeah again. so he just like chilled probably went for coffee Totally. What, what, what would Chen do for those hours? I'm curious. 
uh, he pretty much was scheming. <laughs> he was making all these other phone calls saying, Nefarious yes, schemes. I'll to save passage. And that's in between the whole Philip, uh, ha Jack, I am your father, Bill. Because he, he, when he dropped him off, what we just discussed, right? You just assume he goes back. But he does not. Wow. See, I noticed yeah. something. I noticed something, even just discussing it. I, I, there's stuff because there's so many show. distractions with everything else. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Um, did you, but the main reason I'm comparing it to season two is just yes, because, yes. once again, you got Secret Service agents abusing their power and a coup by the vice president asking, you know, to vote the right. current president out of, you know, office so that they can do World War Free with whatever country they think has actual evidence, even though they're open to the possibility might this encrypted data might actually have been, you know, forged. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not taking any chances. We gotta go to war. <laughs> <laughs> Pack your bags, buddy. And exactly. But, uh, much like I noticed some fans noticed how Pre- Vice President Noah Daniels played excellently by Powers Booth was kind of a kind of like Aaron in season four, just in the total gray area. Yep. He's not power hungry, but yet he feels like he can do better than everybody else. And then he's realizing, you know, by the end of it, shit, what have I done? I, 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 this isn't what I thought it would be. <laughs> and, and Powers Booth is such a presence. Like, again, there's another, there's another example of, of a Hollywood actor coming in and doing TV. Again, he's green. kind of much like Mike Novick, even where he's yeah. like, he thinks he can just do everything better. And yet when he, when he hits a, you know, just a nail on, in the tire, he's just, has to step back and literally just be dumbfounded for endless hours. Yeah, yeah. What? I, I've never seen Powers Booth, even if you, like you said, he was sympathetic. I didn't really see it that way. But I, I guess you're right. It's just that I'm so used to seeing Powers Booth be Powers Booth. Well, I, that, I wouldn't call him sympathetic, but I would definitely call him <laughs> hardened and just kind of just yeah. hard to describe because he's an opposing force, but he's not the villain. If that makes right. sense. Because like, like Logan... He wanted to, you know, he'd been doing business with these Russian guys and all this other unethical, you know, private corporations and everything. Mm-hmm. And here, you know, even though he came into power through awful people who were, you know, uh, crooked secret service agents who decided they were going to kill the president because they disagreed with him on right. everything. Yep. This is like, Jesus, they misinterpreted Tom Lennox's commands. And it's <laughs> good acting by Peter McNichol, who yeah. you guys might know from Chicago Hope and Allie McBeal. Allie so McBeal, yeah. Total atypical David E. Kelly role. But it would have been right. interesting seeing him come back and maybe working. Here's another what if, what happened to him? He could, He's probably at a law firm working with Mike Novick. That's, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you're right. In my belief, that is where he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nope, uh, you're you're probably absolutely right. That's probably exactly what he's doing because uh, Tom Lennox was uh, he was a survivor, right? It, for sure. Who do you think he was based on? I would hate to think he was based on someone as unethical <laughs> like Carl Rove, but it was interesting <laughs> just seeing how you didn't know how to describe him either. He's just like yeah, he's like caring. This Igor. We just go along with it. No one believes it's the right thing, but it is what we're doing. So come on, sugar, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like an Igor character or something, where he's just kind of the sidekick. And then he's got his own sidekick on top of it, which is Chad Lowe. Good acting there, yes. He's related to Rob, and it was good acting on his part there as the traitor. Yeah. I felt it would mess. There's another thing. There are a lot of layers there. Yeah, the, the guy who's even has them on trial, who's talking about telling Bill to step down, uh, right. he, 
you see him prosecuting those guys and he's like yeah they're being put to death row later today i'm like jeez i would have actually <laughs> liked to have seen that after all the lives they cost they killed right. the anti-hero terrorist after he was getting some serious stuff done and helping homeland security mm-hmm. and, and yeah. president wayne palmer you know basically you know gets near brain damage and goes into a fatal coma yeah and it's so stupid how they didn't know what they were going to do with them yet the art prop department has a newspaper in the redemption movie that says you know wayne president wayne has died and it's like well where would he had gone you know he can't very yeah. well last another season but at the same time there's also other points where it's just like give the man some water you gave every everyone else has a glass of water by yeah. the conference yeah. rooms. could you at least have shown him drinking something yeah yeah it's and it's also sucks because he has probably the best scenes and he's just so underutilized like he is constantly getting his ass handed to him by all the other congressmen yeah and he comes into the fold and just like literally tears them all a new one and says how about you all you know resign and no, I'm not going to step down because I can do this damn thing better than you. And you're yeah, about right, to start right. World War Free, and I know how to actually talk the talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, he goes through a lot Idiots. of the same, you know, a lot of the same was season three, season two. And I know some Palmer. people didn't think he made a good present material. It's like, see, I really dug him there because at that yeah. point, he had to, he kept his brother's, you know, blood locked awake. And yep. everyone was talking about how annoying he, like, Sandra Palmer was his sister because she's right, always right. getting in a legal battle. It's like that made it more interesting to me too. How because a Regina King's an excellent actress, and right, right. B, um, it was just cool to see just how she's kind of bringing up a lot of civil rights and that mm. her bro- older brother hasn't been able to get done. And well, she brings up a lot of issues that certainly were issues at the time, but even even more so are issues later on. They in still are now. Yeah, like, yeah. If you bring that up now, it's never going to be brought up on the Senate floor because there's just so many other things, you know, people right, get bribed right. and right now, you know, politics is really cuckoo babies to where sure. it's like, it, this is what we like about fiction because we can actually try and create a believable character inspired by real life people and see how it might progress in some scenario. And and I really think it was an, effect, an effort on the writer's part to try to address it now through fiction before it became real oh totally they were like let's let's ask ourselves the questions of these things before you know well and they were in a political show they all had different you know beliefs of it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sir now described him as a limbaugh friend and the rest of them like cochran and fury were described and evan katz you know right kind of moderates and i know koto is conservative but he can at least have a civil conversation even though he's a trumper and the rest, well, were that, liberal, the rest were liberal, but preferred not to say. So, well, that, and that's what's interesting. Like, you probably couldn't even have that kind of a writing crew on right now because they don't yeah. all agree, right? It's 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 people that write it's shows just together got now. Too extreme, and it just helped yeah. that they had all worked together to where, you know, Kiefer's liberal, but preferred not to say, even though he's got a cowboy kind of upbringing. He knew how to shoot yeah. a gun before he got the show, and uh, and, and as like, as we said, like it's like the the uh show had fans on all sides of the political spectrum yeah and that's why i really loved it when in all the interviews i've seen with all those writers they never had a single slugfest they never no remotely 
reportedly got in anything where they're like, well, I'm, I'm storming out of the writer's room. Like oh, yeah. that with every writer's room where they, every writer's room. Where they yep. talk about arguments or saying, well, after this season, I'm fucking done. They didn't yep. even talk about that. Like uh, the only time they ever, like they pretty much use the cat, the catalyst for the show was the cougar in season two or like we're right. never going to sink that low to where we're just <laughs> right. desperate for an easy going frill and it just unnecessarily fills up a few episodes we're not going to yeah. get that infamous again but yeah they, they, like they, they would have a few other scenarios and plot twists that they thought of and they're like that's just too damn much you know because they <laughs> knew tried. how it would begin they knew how it would end and then it was just filling in the gaps so they knew how to outline yeah but they they never once said, "Oh fuck you!" I totally disagree with that. Yeah, they're not. They're. I mean, we just did an event with them. They're not all on the same page politically, but they all love each other and they all get No, well, and it which is the way it's supposed to be. And ha- well, and Howard, the uh, Gordon, the main showrunner, even described how he had a mixed upbringing. Like he definitely yeah. he never brought up politics in his house, but he knew his father was a liberal activist. Died when yep. he was very young, and he knew his mother was definitely old school conservative. So, yeah. He was having everyone of every affiliation over to his house for a party. And so he was just like, I just don't want to make it a big deal. I just want everyone yeah. to go along. So yeah. I, I think that just helped that. And, you know. Well, they, I mean, just for the record, for the record, we do try to book the cougar out of the podcast. <laughs> he's, been, he's been steady busy with the, with the circus. He's been too busy doing a simulated fight scene in some other creature feature. So. <laughs> exactly good and tuck it'll happen godzilla versus kong i believe he showed that's where uh, yeah, he showed up part two <laughs> yeah it's, versus cougar um and that will smith movie about the end of the world one of those two. Oh, there you go nice um that, that cougar works that cougar would totally be perfect there uh so jack is basically an evolved lion cougar at this point in the story right I, right did you dig how morris gets more funny lines here yes Yes, Morris becomes a more Morris. Once they get season. past the messy moment in season six where he's kidnapped by those two British, that yeah. British couple, and, and they're dunce. Although I will give 24, that was, that was ballsy to have Saeed <laughs> drilling something into Curtis's shoulder. I remember I was yeah. like, how is this on network TV? <laughs> and you're doing this. And, uh, and of course, Curtis. I mean... Curtis is back, but that's that's, that's the one. They that's the one. Give him a proper memorial, and they're just like, "Sorry, you poor bastard." I'm like, "No, yeah, you get and, and you could have kept him and, in the leg." And watching him, lie, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It you just it, it went on too long. It should have been more one of those like at least have Jack like make him pass out or some shit. Just it was yeah. too forced. Curtis should have lived another day. I, I really think that really because wow. because you take him away for the remainder seasons it was missing that extra amount of badassery they he should have curtis should have somehow been involved like but i think if if jack had shot him in the leg though i think he still would have got the shot off because he was still a great soldier i know he did the whole i know he's not playing around but it's just it could have been staged a little better and it just didn't happen but i get it that was as much about that was as much about the you remember the end of season three uh, when Jack's sitting in the car and he finally gives in and just starts bawling. Yeah, he cries. He's ruining Chase's that. life by making him lose a hand and everything. That, and that's the guy you saw when he shot Curtis. Curtis, he's because because he, he says, "I'm done. I'm out of here." Like, oh, I'm and not. you even see it when he pretty much has to shoot and wound Tony in season seven. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and then you know arrest Renee and you know make her pass out because it's like every you don't he, see you don't see that Jack very often, but when you do. Yeah. 
It's very prominent. When he balls, he does it, and yet everyone else will go to a place where not even he would ever go. It would not even be on the table unless it was someone like Shane or just someone who had to die years ago. Like, if it was someone like Mandy, oh, I guarantee you, he'd fucking kill him in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. There's Well, technically <laughs> we're, we're, not. We're, I, 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 I think I need to have you on the podcast we're going to do about the, the kills that Jack liked and the kills that Jack regretted. Oh, think, please. Yes. Okay. Let me, let me write that down. Keep it in the loop. Totally. We will do that very soon. You are too cool. Um, it could have <laughs> no. used Mandy. I would have preferred her storyline wrap up here. That would have just been way more interesting than all these other henchmen. Right. Because the hacking stuff is interesting, but the henchmen who are disposed of aren't interesting other than that they're becoming a body count. So, But it, I think that, that whole scene was as much about how Jack was going to continue as much as, as much as Curtis. Oh, totally. Curtis... Because Curtis was unyielding. Curtis was not. Curtis, you have to remember. Curtis, Curtis was, was unyielding. A, Curtis was an excellent soldier, and he wasn't going to back down from taking him out. He really yeah. wasn't. It wasn't like he was. He couldn't be reasoned out of that moment. Oh, totally. And, and I think that's the only thing Jack could have done. But however, watching Jack say, "You know what? I'm, I can't do this anymore," and then the explosion. Holy cow! You know, the explosion like, was great. That brought you back, and mm-hmm. uh, right. brought him back. Always talk about. Uh, it totally brought him back, and. He's like, he just says to Bill, reinstate me now, please. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I also love how, um, yeah, okay, so the deleted scenes, up and down. There's some good ones in seasons two, three, and four, and then there's some bad ones where you're like, I can't blame him for deleting that. It just looked incomplete. It wasn't well right. done. It would have led nowhere. It was redundant. There's some good ones in five and six that are kind of just extra just they just had to be cut for time and just Jack just in the car, just saying, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, uh, get rid of his burns and everything. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, by the, by the rest of this, Chloe and Bill have some good moments Yeah. and really, yeah. Again, like, I think Nadia should have come back a few later. I know she was even inquired if she might show up. She said, maybe. I'm like, please, come back. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Milo's sacrifice. Milo oh, gets yeah. sacrificed. So there's another one where I was just like, great, great character. You liked him in season one, and he comes back yeah. here, and you're like, you didn't need to dispose of him or Curtis. You know, it's already was enough with Michelle dying. and Right. Um, you know, Audrey's, you know, pretty much in a coma, and it's just like, uh it just felt like it needed a little just more organization like it could have cut out some of the storylines what do you yeah. think where do you rank Fayed on all the villain skills Fayed's very high for me because he, he has like the biggest body count out of all these guys yeah. just with the yeah. suitcase bombs but it's like you say i'm like he's got some steep competition and yet at the same time like just the actor just was you know he'd been in so many b movies and yeah, off-color, low-brow movies, and here he's gonna really, you know, he'd been a good guy or just casual supporting role in movies like Troy and Hidalgo, but here, like, he just totally shines. Like, and, even, and even said, the even the chain that led up to him, from Kai Penn or Cal Penn to, you know, like all yeah. the people that were involved in that. Cal was great. You've yeah. never seen Kumar in a light like that, and no, as much as I will never like Ricky Schroeder as a person, especially for freeing, you know, the supremacist that is Rittenhouse, he <laughs> did know. good here as an actor because this was back when he was civilized before he was being arrested for mugging people at stores. Right, um, right. Uh, Your Costco, was, Costco, Costco bandit. 
yeah, who would have thought, you know, there's a guy from Silver Spoons and here he's, you know, he'd been on NYPD Blue and Lonesome Dub and now yeah. he's in this third stage in his career in another badass role. But at the same yep. time, I was like, you didn't need him. It would have been right. more interesting seeing Curtis because Roger Cross just has more charisma as an actor. He would have been more interested. It would have made more sense to me had he had kind of butted heads with Milo. Well, I mean, I have my, I have my theories. Uh, my, but the, again, surprise, surprise, I have theories. But uh, I think that Rick Schroeder, or he was Ricky. No, he was Rick at the time. I think he, he was Rick for NYPD Blue. Maybe it was back to Ricky. Anyway, yeah, uh, it's that he was brought on <laughs> for the for the potential of transition, right? And like they just kind of worked it in a little too let's fast. Let's see if he can be the next Jack Bauer. You know, yeah, because like I, I think that's he pretty much was going. like Chase, and he just wasn't remarkable like Chase. I think right. he does good in his own right, and the character's interesting, but yeah, again. He's just kind of a thug with a badge. He kind of comes off. It would have been ma made better sense to me had he been on something like The Shield or Ray Donovan. He's a guy. He's a cleanup crew guy. He's not yeah. you know, abusing his power with the badge. Yeah. And to see him on here, like he pretty much just becomes, well, I'm gonna let Jack go AWOL and I come back here. You know, it becomes unintentionally funny just seeing right. him go around and is like, okay, I'm gonna come in with SWAT teams inbound and. Yeah, again, half of them are red shirts are going to get blown up by an explosion. <laughs> you know, and I'm going to take down the giant speed or diehard type mad bomber. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it became very clear that he wasn't going to be the guy to do it. Totally. And they and they tried it two more times after this, which we, I'm sure you'll talk about in future seasons. And oh, the yeah. last time last time they did it, I thought it should have worked. I think they I think they should have taken the shot later on. But I, 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 my theory is that there were three distinct times, and this is the first time they did this, where they tried to say, "What if they we transition time? Yeah, what if we, <laughs> what if we transition Jack to more of a supportive role, and let the younger guy do the physical stuff? Because, totally. I mean, I, rem I, I know how I feel at fifty three, right? right? And so I would, I would watch Kiefer, and I'd go, "How much longer can he do this? Like, just physically, he's oh, he's, totally, yeah, like." The most I, he can, I, he's like Pierce Brosnan. He's like, the most he can do is do one punch and yeah. one interrogation scene and then breaks someone's neck or does, again, a giant machine gun and he mows down 10 people. That's all he can do to make it right. believable enough within the action realm of things. <laughs> he can't do what all the expendable guys are doing where they're breaking their necks in giant CGI helicopters and jumping yeah. out, you know, mowing down dozens of people. <laughs> they can't which, do it. Which is why I understood when he, why he did Designated Survivor after. You know, oh, kind of he's on the opposite side of the table. It was like a classier, like, 24. Is like it had the West Wing and 24 yeah. momentum, yeah. but less of the diehard momentum. But and, and, yeah. then, and then, of course, the Fugitive. Which, yeah, the Fugitive he, show where he's, yeah. He's, he's more of a George Mason than he is Jack Bauer. Yeah, and he's and he, working and with his, his 24 director, Stephen Hopkins, from season yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That was another moment I'm glad I asked uh, Hopkins about. And again, I'm calling I'm him Hopkins. Glad you like, got to meet him because I, I call I call him Hopkins like we're best friends. We're not, but but well, I got I said what well, I asked the question was it different directing Jack and or Kiefer in 24 than it was doing The Fugitive, and he had a great answer to that. Well, and it's such a shame that you know there's so many good shoe shows on that Quibi format that never got seen and they had to be sold yeah. to Voodoo. and yeah. so is is like these guys are just used to being in movies and they'll take any credibility because they've been just fortunate enough to just do a lot of notable guest spots and festival movies that people did widely see and i will say yeah i i still think this is a kick-ass season and 
Yeah. I, I can name numerous other actors here, some who have even are supporting ones who have now gone on to be bigger, you know, like giant superstars. Like we're talking in like Regina giant, King. Right. Yeah. Regina King. But like, even the, oh my yeah, gosh. remember the mentally handicapped guy who's having to help his hacker brother. Those guys yes. have been in a bunch of other stuff. Like we're talking like SVU type shows and yeah. Yeah. Uh, a24 you know apple tv type stuff so it's like right right there was, was, was rami malik in season six or season uh, se- season eight and oh he's, he's season eight yeah oh, so yeah it's all it's all a blur it's all a blur and <laughs> but yeah you're right i mean there, uh, there's so many people that are that you now see on everything uh, you see everywhere um and i i know david fury uh, Alexander Siddig said this in an interview years ago he was so glad to get non-terrorist roles after this and i think I don't know if he did this part of, you know, just the money, but I think he liked how there was an angle to it. He's like, okay, I'm at least an anti-hero. I'm taking down terrorists and everything. But he got a gig for like a bunch of other movies that same year. And it was just so hysterical because basically um, uh, David Fury, one of the lead writers, had an arc planned for him. And then yeah. he gets the call. And uh, when, when Sadiq is filming, Fury is in literally infuriated and he goes Sadeg you fucked us <laughs> as he's walking through and so because he was so pissed off and right. there was no other way to make it work he's like that's why he wrote in the bombing death oh that, wow and that you know incapacitates President Wayne Palmer so yeah this is like right. she's uh, but I do wish they could have outlined this a bit more but I think unfortunately I think just the Emmy win just clouded their judgment it was just too good it is it, one of those things too it's like they really you know when you say when you, we, the third they had 13 episodes they were greenlit for so they didn't even have a full 24 to start and then they go oh i guess we better write 11 more like it was like yeah it was like because i mean you you know and we, we've talked about this already how fickle tv is the idea is if you get into something and you're like into the show and then they go nope uh, we don't like it, or it didn't resonate with whatever oh, totally. demographic. This is thought. like a greatest hits, but some of the I best could, moments I, they take a while getting there, and by that time, like if this were a movie, you would yeah. already be way the hell worn out by that point. You would, be yeah. Like, I, I, I could see where they were kind of hands off a bit. Let's not get too, let's not get do too much homework because it may not continue past thirteen episodes. They didn't know if they'd get another year, and it was one of those. It made it just made you wish, hey, do we got it or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. give us an ultimatum, and we'll give you the best damn season you've ever seen. <laughs> and, and, he, it, and he got, and he got to give him credit for the idea of, of maintaining the real time format, because there's no, there's no rule book out there as to how to do a, a real time show. It had never been, never. The, clo- the closest thing you might have is SNL. All they that, can do is break their own rules. Yeah, and yeah, that goes live every week, right? Like other than that, there's really no other template where you can say, "Well, this show did." The real-time format that's what should work for us oh, totally. and t- to the point that nobody's tried to do it since <laughs> yeah so it's like can't replicate yeah you and, look at some of the you look at some of the restraints around it and some of the you know some of the things they could have done better and it's like but still nobody was trying to attempt this like everybody knew it was a crazy idea pretty much you got to give them the benefit of the doubt it was cool <clears> seeing <throat> chloe take some time off and yeah her charisma with uh uh uh, Morris, which is not, you know, was great, and it was just cool to just see him get in some lines because it, it was just one of those man, she's yeah. been here all this time, and it was interesting if you go back and read like the twenty four books, 
that are out mm-hmm. there. It's yeah. so interesting seeing how there are times where Milo and Nina and Jack were and Tony were all working together, and they yeah. would occasionally mention Curtis because they knew he was working at one of the CTUs in like Boston and would come over. So, if you when you get that uh, stuff to your mind, it is kind of cool to know. It's like, hey, you know, he has a cool last stand, but he's been doing it all in those books, you know, years ago. And we we actually did an episode where we had three of the authors on. We had James Swallow, uh, David Mack, and Dayton Swallow Ward. Is such a cool guy, isn't he? You know, he was on another There's... podcast I heard. And... They are so good. They're so they're just so easy to talk to. But they're they're talking about being able to stretch that character and kind of bring some elements in. And how much how much the creators gave them free reign to kind of do most. They would what they even wanted use to. the Wiccas. They would say, "Hey, thank you guys. We couldn't keep it straight, you know." And yeah, yeah exactly. And such a shame that some there's like four, five different like CTU agents that are like recurring. Like yeah, yeah. Hal, yeah. Ryan, Jamal. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like those guys could have gotten a little more time. Now, fun fact: Do you? I take it you know Robin Powers. Robin Powers, played by Tony Wayne. He oh, okay, he was yeah. always in the background. He was like a feature. He was like one of the featured background characters who wasn't an extra in like the okay. first few seasons. And then he even played a character in the game who gets killed. And okay. what's funny is this is like the first time where we actually like fully see his face, and it's just so funny. He comes in and sees Morris, you know. <laughs> taking his prescription in the restroom he's like okay then and it's just so funny <laughs> this is where it's a total once again another season two throwback because the last time you saw that you know michelle was using the phone in the restroom and they're like why are you using the phone in the restroom so it's just yeah. so funny just seeing that whole everyone hates using the restroom at ctu <laughs> well chloe chased chloe chased him into the bathroom and see if he yeah, was drinking. and he's like i just need to take a leak i guess i'll wait or maybe use the women's i don't fucking know yeah, I mean, he, at least he got to go to the bathroom on that yeah. show. Nobody else, nobody else even had had a shot. Nah, he he had to go back and <laughs> yeah, yeah. D- dissolve the grid <laughs> with the drone <laughs> strike dis- dissolve, dissolving. Um, well, I'll tell you, here's here's the team up I never thought I'd see in season six. It was Charles Logan and and Jack Bauer. That was what was also interesting, and it also just <laughs> felt like I wish that's what it could have been. Like yeah, yeah, like. I'd watch a show. I'd watch a show with just the two of them. Yeah, it should have been Logan sold out, and Jack had to keep interrogating him for hours on end and find ways to bypass the law and other stuff. That would have been way more interesting, as Mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, he shows up just randomly, and it just felt like they were pulling a prison break. There, it's like, well, we need an easy way for two people who would never in any logic work together work together against yeah, yeah. unusual things it's like i just would have rather they had brought in someone already established it would have been way more interesting at that point but sure yeah. in all fairness it is interesting it's cool to know that again martha is, has a better existence yeah. and uh, you get that story agent pierce is now basically her husband i guess question mark mm-hmm. or just caring for her and then yeah <laughs> he and she knows her way around a letter opener <laughs> <laughs> was it was it a letter opener? I'm trying to remember now. That's what was so wild. Yeah, this is like I thought for the longest time he was dead. So when he came back in season eight, I was yeah. just like, uh. And what's funny is my my folks and grandparents at that time they hadn't seen all the other seasons. So they're like, well, the president's just making a decision. I'm like, no, <laughs> this is the equivalent of hiring an oil tycoon or something. It's like yeah, stupid, yeah. stupid, stupid. No one would ever do that. Well, here's here's the thing with Logan is because he had no spine, she couldn't really affect his spine, so he's he's fine. Oh yeah, and so yeah, 
we thought he was dead here no with letter opener stabbing and then turns out he's <laughs> dead later from suicide caused coma <laughs> right right yeah funny how Crazy. that works or or is he a loose end no no uh, like the the season eight book uh confirmed it oh the season eight book confirmed it. oh I, I guess and it and that also confirmed that chase was actually not killed in the season six of Valencia explosion. He was actually on the run, and it, I did I did not realize it was confirmed. And Jack has to work. Uh, the reason he gets uh, he escapes to London is thanks to Mandy. Okay, she yeah. happens to be sent out to kill him, and he basically decides to bribe her and says, "If you help me escape, you know, getting <laughs> everything." Oh, see, I, I haven't I read all the. You. I haven't so, yeah, read all of the. Yeah. I can't, I, can't, I haven't read them all either. I've read a good chunk of them, and a lot of them were pretty cool. And I, I'll definitely invite you to an episode where we talk all the web series, phone shorts, and everything. Okay. Uh, and books, and even the video game and India TV show. But yeah, um, more Amazing. or less. Uh, so you would still rate this as a pretty must see season. It's just you know, yeah, take it or leave it. Yeah, it, it's 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 it is a it is a must see because again. There's so many different relationships that are explored. You're you're Morris and Chloe. That if you yeah, if you're you, still if you, gloss, if you glossed over this one, you'd miss you'd miss that story, which I think is vital. Oh, you'd totally. miss the the extended Palmer family. You'd admit, you'd miss you know. There's a it's lot. It's not at its best, but even though it is body count heavy and pretty much ha- literally ninety percent of the characters get wiped off the face of the earth, it's mm-hmm. really it would still be better than say various other disappointing sequels to various franchises. I agree. Where yeah. there was so much to avoid, and it's like there's still some pretty kick-ass acting and plot twists that make you go, "Hey, okay." And so you are looking more forward to solving the conspiracy, even though it's not as tightly knit. Right. Any other show would have just, or movie would have dropped the ball, and you would be not even make it ten, twenty minutes in, you know. And it's not, yeah. it's not batshit crazy like a Matrix sequel you might not have cared for, or even like Highlander two where what were they thinking were they on acid it's not like yeah right right it's never like <laughs> speed two. Oh yeah we're definitely not as so bad it's good where you're looking at speed two where you're just like this could have worked but yeah, somehow yeah. someone wasn't giving each other notes and yeah. half these people didn't want to be here exactly <laughs> no I, I i again if you're not a fan yet you you really should be you really start at season one and just carry right through oh totally and all out there I mean, somewhere to watch. Faid is also just a very underrated villain. He's not Marwan, I get it, but he's way more notable. I, I think that's the other thing. Some of the underlings, yeah. I mean, everyone, we talk about Peter Kingsley as being the definitive villain in season two, and he's only in like four episodes, much like right. yeah. uh, much like Alan Wilson in season seven. And it's just like, uh, the thing is, you just like, until that point, you don't really remember any of the other villains in season two. It's kind of right dissolve the various anti-american terrorists who are kind of interesting but you just don't know them right away because they're just mm-hmm. subplots and right. then will he or will he not kill nina and it's like it kind of had that same kind of deal and then it just didn't execute it as neatly but it was still intriguing you still it was impossible to watch one episode and right so like like we say if you just give it time you will line up to it it would have actually been interesting seeing where they took the russian guys and it is kind of funny how when some of them were incriminated in season eight later, I was like, go figure. I always mm-hmm. had a bad yeah. feeling about those fuckers when I saw them in five. <laughs> you know, I, a, I always had a bad feeling about this. Yuri and 
well played by Nick Jameson, who's voiced Emperor Palpatine in a bunch of Star Wars video games. Oh, Nick Jameson, honestly, is uh, one of the nicest guys. And again, I, I'm sorry if I sound like name dropping. I just we just did this event, and I sat and talked to Nick Jameson for like an hour. Um, after we were just kind of, I was I was worn down, and we were just we were just talking. And the funny thing was, he wrote uh, Slow Ride. He was one of the co-writers of Slow Ride by the the band Fog Hat. Really? (laughs) We're just like we're just like talking off the cuff, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." When I was in uh, Fog Hat, I'm like, "What did you just say?" Oh yeah, I was in the band Fog Hat for a while, and uh, you know, and and go back and check the credits, and yeah, Nick Jameson. He has a huge music career, but yeah, no one ever knew he was involved with that because he lent his voice to just singing and cartoons. Super, super humble. Like everybody, like again, that was my that's been my experience with the the people that were involved in the show. Um, I've met people from other shows and have not had all the same experiences, but there's just something about this show that they 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 would use the word family a lot. You know, certainly on on the on the commentary, they would always talk about being a family, and they would say, "Oh, it sounds trite." But it's true. Like and they really love playing do. against each other. And yeah. I mean, I even lit up when I even saw both him and the Fayed actor on later seasons of The Last Ship because they had really meaty, like, guest star yeah. roles. And you're oh, like, yeah. okay, awesome. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, more or less, it was also intriguing too how, like you say, uh, they all got these endless talent. And when you see them light up, it's like, well, it's a shame that they're only in like one part of the industry like they're only showing up in say video games or cartoons but the right people know them and so eventually someone will definitely keep using them in a cool you know yeah if you if you if you check out the 20 years of 24 podcast um you'll hear multiple stories of actors that said on the set Kiefer would just walk up and say you know you're doing a great job and then walk away and, and he said that would that would just light them up because like, it's like you're not sure if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing or you're not sure if well, you're because you hate that when someone we get we many people we like or hate who do that where they yeah. just flat out oh bye guys yeah. this is like no 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 and, and they said gotta he be here all night so do you he didn't make a big fanfare of it he didn't he didn't want to announce to everybody that this person is doing a great job but he would literally just make a point of coming over and saying just a simple keep, reminder yeah hey. keep doing what you're doing you you well and i think it just helped that everyone just clicks from that season on and yeah. again yeah. the writer the writers already had big plans but the actors were more than willing because a they knew this was going to go somewhere big and yeah. they knew they wanted to actually do them proud and really truly give them a part they weren't just going to be random people in the background who had nothing to do no they wanted to actually <laughs> yeah yeah uh just be a team and it it just helped that they again had been in so many different parts of the industry, so they had experience. And I mean, Carlos Bernard even would keep joking. He's like, anything prior to twenty four sucks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is the final part where I'm not just a guy who gets shot or blown away or it's cheesy. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's fair enough. Other than that Babylon Five movie, you're, you're not in many good movies, Carlos, and that's fine. <laughs> I get it. Soap operas do pay the bills, so. Yeah, well, yeah, I've I've watched uh, several of the like as I prepare for the interviews, I've watched yeah, a lot she of just people's a great actress. So. <laughs> worst, worst, go watch their worst movies and their best ones, and yeah. the the great stories that I get is that you wouldn't believe what great role I got because I was in this horrible B movie. Like again, the casting director saw me in it and decided to go with it. Like it's just it's hilarious to hear 
that if you just keep working, you, yeah, they're casting gotta, for all the same off. stuff. And yep. if they know you're a cool just person, then they'll definitely try and you know keep your number handy. And yeah, absolutely. If you're absolutely. known for just kind of being having an attitude or just not giving a performance, then that can really work against you. So yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. But the, the sooner people under it, that works in life too. Like it's like, correct. If, you, if, if I the, know if you're, you're slacking off. Yeah. yeah. If you're the complainer all the time. Guess what? They're not going to call you back. No. Yeah. victimized again. Evidence points to Islamic militants. Mr. President, the people are losing faith in our ability to protect them. And we're still certain Assad is behind all these attacks, right? We were contacted four days ago by a man named Fayed. He offered to give us Assad's location for a list of demands. One of them was Jack Bauer. We're asking you to sacrifice yourself so we can eliminate Assad. CTO is about to kill the wrong man. Assad isn't behind these attacks. He's come here to stop me. Two Cobra attack helicopters will hit Assad's location in 15 minutes. Fire to set you up. He provided CTU with the coordinates to this house. Move! Do you know what this is? This is for a nuclear device. Suitcase nukes. Small enough for one individual to carry in a crowded city. Many thousands would die instantly. How many people died in this? No less than 12,000. Four more tactical nuclear weapons were stolen along with the one that went off. What happened? I made a mess. Dad's trying to clean it up. So the nukes that these terrorists are in possession of, including the one that was just detonated in Valencia, were stolen from you. Yes. I know what you're trying to cover up. Dad Gray already told me. Did he? Jack, Assad just gave us the name of a Russian general. Fayyad contact all about the nukes. General's name is Gredenko, do you know him? No. Turns out your father does. Let them to me. I had no choice. Bombs are secure. Jack's all right. Hello. Jack. Andre. Help me, Jack. Hello, Mr. Bauer. The Russian suitcase nukes you captured. We want the component from the triggering mechanism. You give me the component, I give you Audrey. The Russians will know that we supplied you with the algorithm. You would be starting World War III. No! There's a problem. The circuit board is damaged. Are you finished repairing the sub-circuit board? Almost. You got Philip Bauer calling for you. I want my grandson. You give me that? And I'll give you the FB sub-circuit board. You're working with the Chinese. I was. Philip Bauer is a sociopath. How can you even entertain the thought of negotiating with him? We can't afford not to. Joshua. They've just located Philip Bauer on an oil drilling platform. Here's the sub-circuit board. We're assuming so, sir. I recommend an air attack. No one on that platform is going to survive. Jack, don't even think about it. Don't want to get yourself killed. You won't save Josh. Where's the boy? Yeah, too late. Josh! We need to get out of here. We need to get out of here now. Go. Move. Where's Jack? He's with my grandpa. This is this has been fun. This has been a blast. I'm so glad you got to do this. You're welcome back anytime for any other Thank show you. or movie takedown, especially franchise. Um, 
and yeah, everyone, please, uh, what, what can we expect next like that you'll also be tackling on the, the podcast network? We, well, we were looking at doing similar conventions for other shows. Uh, we're talking to a couple different showrunners. Um, it was, it was, it was, it was an event. We had, we had 400 people involved, like fans and guests from 22 countries, I think it was. And, uh, it, it, we got really good press on it. So we're looking at other, other shows that we're, I'm a big fan of the show Superstore. So we're, we're looking at the possibility of doing this with Superstore and doing a, an online convention. Um, uh, other than that, just we got a new podcast in the works we're going to call it and eric roberts and uh you'll hear more about that Woo! in the future <laughs> and you're going to be involved in that as well we're going to get you on that on that podcast promise so, uh, i will make yeah. time for you brother yeah yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing our best to bring people together at this very bizarre time in history and uh i think in many ways um the tech that we have the zoom the, all the type of tech that we can use actually does help to bring us together uh and and kind of relieve uh you know connect people when we need to be connected so that's that's i came out of this that last experience feeling like it was the craziest thing i'd ever done but so anything else anything else is going to be manageable at this point and you're right this is you know second nature now yeah yeah and, and there was this there was such a genuine respect and love for the people that were involved and for the fans that if I can be involved in connecting people with their fans directly, then I'm, I'm happy to keep doing that. So that's where I'm headed. Stellar, stellar. And this is a great way to start off the new year. Absolutely. Think big. No, thank you. I mean, you, you, you just reminded everyone again, why fandom just gels with just so many just storylines and what have you. And, uh, I'm glad you're able to just remind everyone of all just the memories and why we love what we love and uh, why the passion showed on screen instead of just, Oh, you know, let's just stroke egos for a minute. It's like, no, let's go yeah, more yeah. than that. Let's, let's go big. Why are we still talking about this? You know, years later? Hey, if I, if I can operate on the same level that Jimmy Fallon is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's I, I, I hadn't started a pod. I didn't start a podcast. Uh, up until March, you have uh, talent. Here's the difference. <laughs> yeah, March of 2020, I hadn't, I hadn't, I'd listened to a lot of podcasts. I hadn't thought about, I had thought about doing one, but didn't get into it. And then I went, the right well, time. <laughs> everybody's operating from home, so the bar's kind of low right now. So I'm going to get in and try to figure it out. And uh, and that's what I've done. And I and I love Sweet. it. And I and I enjoy being a part of this podcast, especially one that's named after Jack Bauer, the Jacked Up. <laughs> podcast this is amazing oh, i should have shown you the old logo we had <laughs> <laughs> i'm in i'm in the right place today so thanks thanks for inviting me to be a part of this this is a blast you own this you aced it you summed up why again just uh we we look forward to seeing these guys and it's easy to if we can geek out like we do with all these seinfeld star trek people it's like this is geekdom 3.0 <laughs> exactly <laughs> maybe 5.0 even 5.0 yeah 24.0. Oh, that? Hawaii 24.0. There you go. Hawaii 24. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's so funny too is how so many of those guys I noticed were working on those shows. And it's like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. There's got to be something on CBS that has some of the 24 failings. So now I'm just glad uh, again. It's like the FBI shows have a lot of. Well, Carlos Carlos Bernard directed uh, episodes. Yeah, of he's directed Hawaii at least four episodes of both Hawaii and FBI, and yeah. I even liked how Oa the actors. Played by 
uh, yes. pl- played by Zico Zaki. He was in the final 24 season. So it was like, was he really? Yeah. He was one of the guys with the drone and, Oh, come on. Uh, with, yeah. With, uh, where Aaron Carter has to, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going back to watch it. I'm going back to watch it again. Oh, totally. I, I love FBI. I, I, he's, he's one of my favorite characters on TV right now. Just a damn good character, him and yeah. Maggie. And yeah. uh, we did an episode on it and it was funny. We briefly talked about it when we were talking about one Chicago, which has similar characters. And it was just kind of similar how it was funny. Is like, uh, my pal uh, Alexander Ingham, who works for mm-hmm. the, you might have seen the uh, blog spot for Fan Sided uh, Precinct TV. She okay. Was, yep. It was funny. We all had a different take on it. She's like, "Yeah, I think International is the best one." And my my co-host for the FBI episode is like, "I'm really digging the original." And and I'm just like, "Yeah, most one is kind of my deal." So it was just funny how we all had our kind of like the Law and Orders and CSIs. We all had our yeah. personal favorite of the entire yeah. franchise where it got at its best core and i think that's kind of where you could say with 24 is like what you love it all but which of the seasons are the highlight where it's like can't miss everyone yeah. have this as top 10 of the tv year <laughs> we'll return after these messages hey feeling down feeling low not enough podcasts about movies in your life why not try? They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure All, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of. They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts. Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host Cure What Ails You. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. Ah, ah, ah. It's a dead issue, man. Don't, don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crude. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17 year olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at twelve years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How did you watch movie. this shit at twelve? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey everybody, I'm Corey and I'm Zach, and we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark. 
a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. It's time, let's check our cue, baby. it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one last plot, holes of gratuitous It's time to get busy with your friend Stephen Izzy. At eilfm.podbean.com. We now continue with our program. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.